This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Uh, welcome into the run home here on SCNZ. Ricardo in with Beave for the afternoon. And uh, Beave uh, is, so we're going to get to Beave in a minute because um, I think he's he's just having his temperature taken, his, his, his brow swabbed. Um, yeah, I think he's, he's, he's got a cool drink there. Uh, but I am, am live from Commercial Bay in Auckland City at the Spark Store where we have the big Oppo Challenge happening. The Phoenix are going to be on site momentarily. I can tell you the big dog is already here. David Dome, uh, the general manager, is, is already here for the Wellington Phoenix and we are going to be here right through this afternoon until 7 o'clock early this evening and uh, Beef um, is unfortunately unable to join me because mate you're under the weather, um, I, I hope you've been nursed back to health well you, you, and you, you're managing to soldier on and do the show from your deathbed, I hope you're okay Yeah thank you for the concern Ricardo, uh, no one's uh, nursed me back to health at all, I've been sort of left to my own devices and, and I'd love to be a part of it with you but the eve of the Eden Park game for Phoenix, uh, the last thing I wanted to risk uh, was a couple of errant sneezes, uh, which may have taken down a few of our stars. So I thought, uh, let's, play, let's play cautious here. And I certainly didn't want to be to blame for half the team having a snotty nose uh, come, the, come their Eden Park game. So no, took a safe approach. Uh, well, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, it's you're sacrificing too, aren't you? You know, that's all about, that, you know, we've seen that throughout your career, actually. Um, sacrificing for the greater good. I, I remember you soldiering on, I think, was it with a hammy injury uh, for the Chiefs against against the Lions at FMG at one point? And, and you know, you, you stayed out there and kept going and kept going to the to the bitter end. It's the, it's the sort of soldier you are, Beef. Well, it sounds like I am sacrificing a bit because you just told me how many pizzas are in the building <laughs> and, uh, and a few beers to wash it down too, so... You know where I'd much rather be. You know my love of a pizza and uh, the way that they can disappear under my watch. So, sounds like you're in for a great little afternoon there, Ricardo. Yeah, mate, it should be fantastic. And I'll tell you what, if you're a gamer as well, uh, it is the place to be because there's a screen. I'm not, I'm not great on measurements, but I'm, rec- I'm looking. There's a screen here that I reckon is about three metres high by about five metres wide that has got FIFA on it, and you can play as the Phoenix against the Phoenix. You've got the, uh, the two teams going away there, and so uh, we've got four Xbox controllers, people going nuts uh, playing that. Uh, we've got an Oppo uh, table, football table as well, foos- foosball table. You can come and uh, get autographs. You can come and get photos with the players as well. And uh, as I said, you know, there's pizzas, there's coffee, there's, there's, there's a few, I think, a couple of cheeky bevies uh, here as well. And this is all at Commercial Bay at uh, the Spark Store on Level 3 here at Commercial Bay. That's on the uh, Queen Street side. And I actually got a double pass to the Phoenix game on Sunday. Kicks off at 3 o'clock against Sydney FC to give away as well. So if you're an SENZ listener and you want to pop in and, uh, and see us and tell us what the name of the, the Phoenix show is that plays out on SENZ, then that double pass could be uh, all yours, Beef. So, you know, it's all about the giving. Absolutely. That's all we do here on SENZ. So who wouldn't want a double pass? I'll tell you what, there's a couple of guys who wouldn't want a double pass for some runs at the moment. The... Uh, the Leif and Nichols combination are now trying to get us out of a, a spot of bother down in Hagley with 73 for two, Ricardo. Chasing, wow, uh, 
chasing a fairly big first innings from uh, Sri Lanka, and uh, she looks tough work. It does look tough work, mate. And we've got a uh, got a couple of local boys, a couple of Cantabs on Hagley. Yes. Hopefully they can uh, they can do the due business. I think Henry Nichols might be batting for his spot in the second test, mate, because he hasn't been going that great. No, it's obviously a pretty important test for him, isn't it? And uh, tell you what, there's a guy taking up the uh, the bowling attack at the moment. Uh, excuse my Sri Lankan, he's not Kalafawana, but he's uh, Lahiru, and uh, he is hooping it around a mile at the moment. Uh, he's already Make picked up one. Mm, making life difficult, yeah. I mean, at the moment, we're 73 for two, uh, the Black Caps. Uh, Devin Conway out for 30. Kane Williamson out just before uh, the tea break for one. And so at the, at the crease, Tom Latham, 37, not out. Henry Nichols, one not out. Let's have a look at what is coming up on the road home with Ricardo and Beef. Thanks to Mick Delivery, the Macca's menu. Well, uh, we have, of course, uh, as you'd imagine, well, given that we are at the Spark Sport, uh, Spark Sports Store in Commercial Bay in Auckland City and... Uh, we're going to have the Wellington Phoenix team here. We're going to have interviews with lots of the Wellington Phoenix. So uh, hopefully we can get our head coach, Ufuk Tale. Uh, Lily Arfeld, too, from the women's team, is going to be here, hoping to talk to David Ball and Tim Payne along the way as well. After 4.30... Brendan Popperwell is going to join us. Going to hear from Greg O'Connor from Harness Racing New Zealand as well. Uh, he's going to give us a few tips for the weekend. All that happens before five. Also got a uh, beef Caesar, and uh, we are going to do some more Phoenix interviews after five o'clock. We've got our uh, Rosine most colourful moment of the week coming up as well. Campbell Burns uh, from the Rugby News joins us to give us a bit of a preview of the weekend in Super Rugby from a Kiwi point of view. After 6 o'clock, uh, we're going to talk some rugby league with Mark Spud Carroll. He is calling that Eels-Cronulla Sharks game tonight out of Australia. He is going to come on. We'll have a chat to him, and then Beave and I will preview the Super Rugby and NRL weekends. And uh, we'll talk to Robert Van Royen from Stuff.co.nz as well, who is at the uh, Hagley Park Test. He is there for Stuff.co.nz, and he's going to wrap the day for us. And, of course, Beave, we have Beaver's best today. We're going to give that away at around about a quarter quarter to seven tonight mate but we are looking we are looking as we always do uh for options to chuck in beaver's best where are you at the moment mate have you have you got an anchor for beaver's best this week oh i mean i don't like committing at the start of a show but there's certainly been some uh some interesting propositions come across the desk throughout the week uh we're getting oh so close ricardo uh we were three from four last week i really feel like this will be the week that we can uh that we can go one better um interesting enough uh, a lot of point starts have been tickling my fancy of late. Uh, and the Highlanders, their point start continues to plummet. Uh, it got out as much as 23 during the week. It's now into 18. So at $1.82, the point start in the Chiefs game might be worth some value. But uh, no, I'm open. And uh, certainly waiting for some people to come at us with some, uh, with some good tips. Yeah, yeah, well, text us double eight double three double eight double three. That is the temper bed post text machine and text us uh, with your tips for Beaver's Best. I did think that you might just look at uh, Chiefs 13 plus as paying a buck 50, mate. It's a great way to anchor anything. Yeah, well, just a bit light. A bit a light, bit light for, for Beaver's Best. Uh, so we'd need a little bit more juice unless the listener comes up with an absolute corker that allows us to go a little bit more circumspect on, uh, on a few of our legs. Yeah, mate. Uh, well, we'll have to we'll have to have a look at that. I mean, the other one that I actually don't mind, and I don't know if you've you've had a had a gander at this, mate, is uh, uh, tries. And I, I reckon Sean Stevenson to score two or more tries could be could be worth a look as well. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the weather reports I'm getting out of Hamilton at the moment, Ricardo. Don't know if it's going to be Ooh, free really? wheeling. 
freewheeling game. I was talking oh, to someone down there no longer than an hour ago. They said it was bucketing down. Bucketing down. Wow, that's that's no good, mate. That's no good at all. No. Um, because, I, no. I, I mean, I, I thought the city of the future was always just paradise. Yeah, it often is. And it wouldn't surprise me, being the world's best drainage ground, that it's uh, absolutely hard and hard and fast But uh, by the time 7 o'clock comes around. But I dare say, behind the boys, they'll be looking outside their uh, hotel rooms there on the... Victoria Street, of course, the, the mecca of Hamilton, uh, Victoria Street. If you can't have a good time on Victoria Street, you've got something wrong with you. And uh, <laughs> the boys will be looking out over Victoria Street and just seeing a bit of drizzle around. And, and I don't think they'll mind that. They've got a good pack name. They might struggle to, to go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs out wide, but uh, they've certainly got a pack that can hang in there. And with the great Aaron Smith back, who knows? They're, you just never know. There could be a ball over. The Landers are famous for it. Yeah, they are, mate. They are. Well, there's a game uh, tomorrow night that I, I think uh, most of New Zealand is looking at as the, as the game of the round, potentially, which is the Canes up against the Blues. Uh, as a man that's worn number 10 on his back a heck of a lot, who would you rather have outside you? Geordie Barrett or Roger Tuivasa-Shek? Oh, 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 what a question. What a question at uh, 10 past four on your Friday, Ricardo. Um, geez, I, I'd like both of them, to be fair. Um, but, but from an organisational point of view and uh, I guess helping you direct the team around, I'd say Geordie's probably more experienced and, uh, and, and, and probably a bit more across the nuances that a team wants. But for pure game-breaking and uh, here, give the ball to this guy and get us across the advantage line, you wouldn't mind Roger either. So it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating battle. I tell you what, uh, Roger, a little bit of the forgotten man after all the hype and hoopla of last year and so many people riding him off over summer. Goes about his job, and uh, if he gets the job done tonight and, and gets a points decision himself, as well as the, oh, sorry tomorrow, as well as the Blues getting the job done, then he's right back in it because uh, he's. I thought he looked good last year in Super Rugby, and now he's getting a chance to put a prolonged, prolonged period of games again. Um, who knows? Uh, Texas are coming in, Ricardo. Uh, Ted mm. said winds up, and it's clearing out in the west of Hamilton. So uh, obviously the wind is coming in off the Tasman, uh, over Raglan, the Dinsdales, and uh, then it'll just flick through Waikato Stadium over that right-hand corner, Ricardo. So sounds like the rain could be gone, but there could be a bit of a breeze there. So uh, yeah. cheers for that update, Ted. It'll be influenced a lot of punters. Uh, there's a few punters are already coming. Uh, Mark from Pukekoe, Beavers best, Chiefs, just where, oh, the Chiefs, I think this is, means the Chiefs female team. Uh, Chiefs to score six-plus points, first ten minutes, four bucks. Oh, I, don't think ever, I don't think we've ever had it, yeah, or Pookie Bet. Uh, well, certainly not this year. We might have last year. Uh, Ted's sent one and two. You'll, not, you'll like this one, Ricardo. Well, might, might not. Newcastle <laughs> points start. Oh, sorry, it was NRL. I was thinking that we were off to the uh, premiership here. Uh, Newcastle points start, uh, 2.5 at $1.90 versus the Tigers. Punting tip, always take the team who has played the New Zealand, who's played the Warriors in New Zealand and lost. Villa is a stat that they always bounce back. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Wow. That Covering is good, mate. That there. is good. Well, I mean, I did, I did suggest Sean Stevenson two or more tries. That is paying five bucks, um, and uh, that's one I, I, I don't mind the look of. But uh, now, Geordie Barrett, you, you were talking about him, and, and you're just saying you know, his game management was so good. He was on Brecky this morning uh, with Izzy, and uh, this is what Geordie had to say about the big game against the Blues. 
played a lot on the outside. So what are those subtle changes that you have, you've had to make to, to transition into the 12 years? I think it's been effortless. You've... Yeah, in some ways, instinctively, it was a bigger change younger in my career going to fullback where I hadn't really played at all. But um, kind of going back to what I know and what I've always done as a kid. And those, I guess those changes, you, you've got less time um, there's more collisions, a lot of it's front on and, and you're in that transition zone where you've got to be across the board and defence and attack and um, I guess learning some detail off the off the back of the line out where you've got to understand what pitches um, and shapes teams are going to throw at you and try to exploit, exploit you in that transition zone where teams just go to try to get some momentum in their first, second and third phase so I guess been one step ahead and trying to nullify that and stop all that momentum and then other side of the ball try and get some game on yourself. So um, yeah, it's, it's a position that requires um, yeah, a lot of preparation and it's, but it's exciting. You're always in the game. Yeah, this is uh, the run home, and uh, thanks to Mick Delivery. And that was Geordie Barrett on breakfast with Izzy uh, earlier this morning. Uh, he sounds like he's, he's well up for it, mate, and he's, he seems focused, Geordie Barrett, doesn't he? I'm, odds on injury provi- uh, injuries aside, I mean, that, that first game of the World Cup against the French, he's, he's going to be wearing 12, isn't he? Something dramatic would have to happen, Ricardo. Oh, I struggle to see how he won't be. Um, talking about something dramatic happening. We're now 76 to 3, Ricardo out of Hagley. Uh, Nichols has lost his wicket. It's now Mitchell out there with Latham. So the, uh, the tough run of, of Henry's continues. And uh, you'd have to say, Sri Lanka right on top now. And it was uh, my man Lahiru. Now I've got figures of 2 for 18. So a bit of a job on the hands of, for Mitchell and Latham. Yeah, yeah, very big job on the hands. They've got to turn this around. Uh, it's one thing getting beaten by baseball, but the Sri Lanka are very much in a rebuild, and uh, I think this was seen as one that uh, New Zealand could use to get back some confidence and get back on top, and that is not happening at the moment at Hagley Oval. It is 17 past four here on SENZ. This is the run home, thanks to Mick Delivery. Ricardo live from Commercial Bay in the Spark Building, Level 3 with Oppo. The Phoenix are now in the house, and when we come back, we'll be joined by a member of the squad uh, have a chat ahead of their game against Sydney. As you're on the run home with Ricardo and Beaver, thanks to Mick Delivery and I'm live down at Commercial Bay at the Spark store because we've got a big Phoenix event here. The Phoenix are in store. We've got a screen that must be about five by three metres where people are playing uh, FIFA on there and uh, we've got a, a, an Oppo futsal table. Uh, you can come and get photos, you can come and get autographs, you can come and get a drink and uh, you can just mix and mingle. Lots of fans here already and the team are here as well including White Tim Payne. G'day Tim, how are you mate? Yeah, really good. Yourself? Yeah, good thanks mate. Good, good. How's it been uh, in Auckland? I guess at home but on the road? Yeah, um, it's obviously really nice to come up to Auckland. Um, we've uh, been pretty successful when we've come up here in the past. Um, obviously it's my hometown so it's good to see family and friends and things like that and uh, do things like this so with a major uh, sponsor and see all the fans and some kids sign some autographs and hang out so it's pretty cool. Have you, have you had a chance to have a run on Eden Park yet? Uh, no, no, we have a captain's run uh, tomorrow for training, so a little light session there before we play on Sunday. I hope, I hope um, they have like a, uh, what, do you, what do you call it, like an emotional support animal for Stevie Ugarkovic when he sees that penalty spot from last time he was here? Yeah, luckily probably Ollie Sale won't be uh, mucking up the penalty spot for him this time <laughs> around, so uh, he might have a better chance. But yeah, look, 
They talk about penalties. We haven't been very great for them ourselves, so... Um, Fingers crossed we can put one away tomorrow. You know, I know um, for your background, you always back yourself, mate. Have you put your hand up and said, all right, like, all you cloggers from up front, take a back seat, I'll show you how it's done? Yeah, funnily enough, me and Oli have had a, a chat about it, to be fair, because we've missed so many in a row. Um, yeah, I'm more than happy to take one. But, look, if a, a forward player wants to take it and he's got the confidence to take it, by all means, I'm going to give it to them. I'm going to try to take it off him. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, a forward player who's uh, been in the news a little bit is Oscar Zavada. Did he, did he catch the flight up or is he leaving it to the last minute? I think it's, yeah, just kind of playing it by ear a little bit. Um, but, obviously, that's 100% takes priority. And, um, yeah, if he needs to go, he needs to go. And it'll be a big miss for us. But... Uh, that's just part of life, and he's got to do, do that. On baby watch, mate. On baby watch, eh? Yeah, exactly. Only happens once. Yeah, well, potentially. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, well <laughs> each kid, I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's only the f- one of the first times, yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. Now, uh, Perth, uh, uh, I say Perth, Sydney FC, uh, they've been at a, a pretty ordinary start to the season. They've picked it up. They've been on a decent run. Um, how do you see this challenge? Yeah, it's a really tough challenge. I think um, Sydney are one of the biggest, biggest clubs in the league. Um, they have a lot of quality up front, um, and I think they've come into a pretty good run of form of, of, of late. Um, we had a pretty crazy game at the start of the season against them, um, and it was, we were able to, well, my first time in a Phoenix shirt to actually beat Sydney. So, you know, we've always historically struggled against them, but, yeah, we're looking to go out there and dominate the game and get three points. Yeah, last time you played them, uh, two red cards, two penalties. Oli managed to save both of those. Um, so they were a bit mud at penalties in that game as well. Um, you reckon there might be a little bit of a hangover this game? Um, no, I wouldn't say hangover, but yeah, look, that was one of the most craziest games I've been involved in. Um, and luckily, probably, we, we came out on the right side of it. Um, but yeah, those, I think those games can happen. And you know, it's a tough job the referees have um, to mitigate the games and things like that. So yeah, look, we're hoping to come out on top on Sunday. Yeah. Now, there's been a little bit of talk, um, mainly out of Australia, about A-League expansion, right? They want to get to 16 teams, and they're saying that uh, the first thing they're going to do is go to 14, and the, and the, the favourites, I guess you would say for that, uh, are Canberra, Wollongong, and the team, another team out of uh, New Zealand, maybe based out of Auckland. Do you reckon New Zealand is ready to support a second A-League team? Oh, I think it should only be fantastic for New Zealand football as a whole. Um, look, I think if they're, they've had two tries at it before, um, so I think if they've got the right people involved, um, they can understand what potentially where they went wrong last time. Um, but for young Kiwi footballers, it's only going to be more beneficial for us to give us more opportunity to play in the A-League. And so I think for New Zealand football as a whole and uh, the country as a... Uh, uh, the football side of the country is, uh, is a fantastic thing for for us to give us more opportunities to play in the A-League, which is uh, it's a very good league. Now, the, the A-League standard has come up. Obviously, the facilities in Wellington, it's, it's well talked about, well documented, have, have come up as well. You spent quite a bit of time at Blackburn Rovers uh, in your younger years, mate. How, how is it comparing now? Is it just about apples with apples? Yeah, well, I'd, I'd say um, I'm hearing it's the best facility in New Zealand and I'd buy from places I've been around the world um, it, it definitely competes with them it's got everything um, you know world class pitches world class gym um, hot cold pools saunas recovery rooms altitude chambers um, yeah, it's fantastic and there's really no excuses for us now so yeah it, it gives us the, the best possible place to improve and become better now, uh, Beave was famous uh, in his, his uh, rugby career for kicking the ball high and long. Uh, of course, uh, high is not something you want to kick the ball when you're playing football, mate. Uh, have you had much time uh, in your youth growing up in New Zealand playing rugby, and how do you go kicking a rugby ball? 
Um, yeah, it's definitely different. I, yeah, I would have all through primary school and high school, um, lunchtime, lunchtime rugby with uh, day boys versus boarders. Um, that was a regular fixture at Sacred Heart. So, yeah, I, I love picking up the overball and giving it a bit of a hack yeah. around. So, yeah. Any tips, B, for, uh, for, for a left footer here to, to, on, on how, to, how, to, how, to, how to kick a rugby ball? No, I mean, I've got no, I've got no tips when it comes to kicking a uh, ball whatsoever. I've got two left feet, but somehow I've managed the odd one over. But uh, I have found that uh, football players have an amazing ability to spiral punt. Tim, are you of that, of that ilk? Yeah, well, I think as soon as I pick up the rugby ball, that's, only, well, that's the first thing I'm trying to do is try and spiral it as far as I can. Um, but yeah, I mean, the odd occasion you might get one right, but I say the majority of them are probably going off left, right, and um, all over the gaff. But uh, yeah, it's uh, something <laughs> quite enjoyable to do. You're not alone there, to be fair. Ricardo, you've been <laughs> so. Uh, have, have, you, have you chucked one on the tee and lined one up at the Caketon? No, I haven't, actually. Um, I'd love to do that, to be fair. Um, we, we train alongside the Hurricanes at the moment um, with their pitches still waiting to get done, so often the the rugby ball comes our way and we try and grab that as quickly as possible and then give it a bit of a spiral pump back. But, yeah, we've um, had a bit of fun uh, on their rugby pitches uh, after trainings and things like that, which is, you know, as a Kiwi lad, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Who do you reckon, out of uh, all the guys in the Phoenix, would transition best to rugby? Who do you reckon had hit hardest? Hit hardest? It's a good question. We're typical footballers, um, I wouldn't say we're probably well, well, uh, uh, well accustomed to be able to make a tackle um, I mean I'd like to put myself up there I, think, I know Ollie Sale rates himself as a bit of a rugby player um, you could have just finished that after rates himself <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly so um, I mean Clayton Lewis is pretty stocky he's a little bit of a rugby build so um, yeah there's a, there's a couple of options there but actually on that I, I, I see Ollie Sale's uh, off to Perth mate have you hit him up for a loan yet they must be paying him heaps to go there <laughs> Um, yeah, good riddance to the guy. I don't even like the bloke. Um, no, it's look, it's uh, it's part of sport. It's part of football. Um, I wish him all the best. He's been a fantastic servant to the Knicks over the years. Um, he's hands down the best goalkeeper in the league. Um, and so, yeah, we wish him well. And I'm sure he'll be utterly professional in the rest of the season. And I think it's uh, just we just enjoy him while he's here. And I think I think he um, has left that probably spot in a good place for the next person to come through. Yeah, 100%, man. Hey, listen, Tim, thanks very much for your time, brother. I know there's, there's fans lining up here, people like you wouldn't believe, for autographs for Tim Payne, and I'm just hogging all this time. So I'm going to let him go. Let we'll him go, go back to the, we'll go back to the news that. with Johnny Mack, and uh, uh, we'll get the, uh, the latest update from that. We'll maybe even get an update from the cricket. This is The Run Home. Thanks to Mick Delivery with Rick and Beeve on SCNZ. This is SENZ. You're on the run home with Rick and Beeve. Uh, I am live at Commercial Bay at the S. Uh, at, I was going to say the SENZ store. We haven't quite got one of those yet. We're, we've got a Spark store, though, thanks to Oppo, and all the Phoenix are down here. Uh, come down if you're in the central Auckland. It is just off Queen Street, third level in the Commercial Bay building at the Spark store. We've got the big screen going. David Ball and Oscar Zavada currently playing uh, FIFA at the moment. You can have a go on the futsal table. You come and have uh, autographs, come and get your photo taken, and it is absolutely cranking down here at the moment beef uh, and uh, it's also cranking on the old text machine giving you some tips for the weekend it is cranking uh, here's one Beaver's best Sean Stevenson and Alex Nankerville to combine for three or more tries at nine dollars money for your beef that's from John that's along the lines of what you were talking about earlier Ricardo mm. uh, I like that I like that 
Alex Nankerville, yeah. I thought last year, B, I don't know about you, but I thought Alex Nankerville last year was probably the form midfielder in the whole competition. He was for long periods. He just seemed to dip at the end when they were announcing teams and what have you, but uh, he, he was certainly very good. It was his first prolonged run of starting regularly, and he certainly made every post a winner. Uh, Brett's text in, of course he is. He's season ticket holder at FMG. I'll text in and give you a live weather update from FMG in an hour or so before kickoff when I roll into the big smoke from Huntley. Uh, but absolutely, two or three goals in the next game, $2. Brett, you know I am a big fan of that little option when it comes to anything football-related. Uh, there's a couple more in there, but uh, a man who's always got a tip for us, the one and only, BP's on the line. Hey, B, how you doing? Good, mate. Welcome in on a Friday. What's what's happening in your world? Well, just uh, I heard you talking about the weather in the Tron, and yeah, we have had a, a little bit of rain, but it, 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 it certainly cleared, and it, it might be A-OK by the time we get to 7 o'clock tonight at uh, SMG Stadium, and i tell you what, that match is taking a, a, a fair bit of a different turn in terms of betting. Um, yes. Our best back team in terms of underdog is the Highlanders uh, in the Super Rugby. There's been a good amount of support for them in the last 24 hours. And now into 550, they cut $7 at one stage. And that does mean that we've had very good support for them in the point start. Now, the point start line is 18 and a half. Now, that's a lot tighter than what it was Plummeted. when we spoke on Tuesday. Uh, about this line. Um, it, 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 I, I get the feeling out there, B, that the Highlanders have got to turn up and play some good footy eventually, and maybe with a couple of key personnel in there with the likes of the group and Aaron Smith, that they can do so. So the 18 and a half has been taken uh, around the Highlanders, but we've also t- had some money in the alternate point start where there's a little bit more insurance for punters out there. The plus 20 and a half around the Highlanders at $1.72 uh, has also been nibbled on. So interesting there to see that money around the Highlanders, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. I guess once they name that team, again, you know, they've, they've named some fairly handy teams all, all season long, but uh, I guess the fact that a few All Blacks came back into that pack, Aaron Smith at halfback, the uh, the drizzle that was hanging around early doors in Hamilton, well, but he even drizzled from what I hear. Uh, might have just got punters thinking, certainly from a point start point of view, and, uh, and we all know the Highlanders are going to get upset somewhere along the way. Uh, maybe some just thought this was the week. And tell me, the other big game that we're fascinated on all week we have been, uh, the Blues and the Hurricanes. Is that, has that been shifting much, or it looks like the Hurricanes have settled in at that 250 mark? Yeah, they have, and that's purely down to the support for the Canes. Like the $2.50 price it has actually been quite solid around them. There's been a few nibbles around the Canes at that 240, 250 price. They haven't been too put off by the fact that Artie Severe is not playing in this game. Uh, their, their first game at home, the expectation is that maybe they will put up a big performance against the Blues. Uh, so, look, Blues have had the, the best support overall in the marketplace here at 157, but there is still the continued support around Hurricanes 1 to 12. Uh, in that marketplace, uh, if there is a belief that they will win the match, it will be a tight one. And the Blues 1-12 to is currently sitting at $2.60, which has also had its support. And you've got that insurance if you do play any winning team in margin market. If you get the margin wrong but the team right, you will get up to $50 uh, as a bonus bet back. And some other games through the Super Rugby. Certainly uh, a multi-filler has been the Brumbies. 
Brumbies have been well found in that yes. red match at $1.45. And the other underdog is the, the Moana Pacifica against uh, the Force. He's just been a, a bit floating around Moana Pacifica at that sort of 270 280 price. Hunters uh, just tend to maybe get involved there because just trying to work out the Western Force, really. Um, I know they always are hard to beat in Perth, but there has been some money around that, that bigger price you'd be here for Moana Pacifica. Uh, B-Pop, so the other one I wanted to ask you about, mate, was uh, where the money's going on the Roosters-Warriors game because I've, I've heard a sneaky rumour that Brandon Smith's got a rib cartilage problem and Joey Manu might not be 100% recovered from that facial fracture. Mm, OK, well, that's maybe why we've seen such a steady stream of money for the Warriors or is it just because it is the New Zealand Warriors and they get well back no matter how well, how well or how bad they're playing or who they're playing, um, there'll be money for them no matter what. Um, 1 to 12, best back in this margin, but also the 13 and over. 13 and over got touched up big time throughout the week at around $11. Hunters were just drawn to it uh, on the Warriors to win that match by a big, a big margin. Now that it's starting to push towards that 1 to 12 Warriors, they've now dipped under $4. Uh, they're at $3.95 price. They've taken best support. They are by far the best underdog that's been back throughout the NRL uh, for round number two. There's a nice power play here. And look, it, it, you did mention Brandon Smith there, but the Brandon Smith or Wade Egan anytime try scorer in either team to win by 1 to 12 is currently sitting at $4.50. That is by far our most popular power play option uh, in the Warriors match. So it gives you, gives you a couple of bites of a cherry on a try scorer and a couple of bites on who, which teams to win uh, at $4.50. So there's been some good heat around the Warriors in this one. And the Dolphins too. Man, we're yes. taking some money on them. 80% of the head-to-head market versus the Raiders is all on the Dolphins at 228. Um, no surprise with a sellout at Redcliffe. And look, the Raiders were better in that sort of second part of that match where they were able to be, what were they down, 18-0 at one stage and, and nearly pulled off the unthinkable. But yeah, off the back of their win against the Roosters, the Dolphins are very, very well supported. No Rappiner either for the Raiders. So he's, mm. he's one of their main men. So, jeez... I don't know. I don't like to say anything bad about my friends at the TAB, Ricardo, but I don't know if they've got this one right. We'll only we'll know Monday, I guess. We will know Monday. Well, you know, it's it's been. Uh, I know. Uh, I know. Uh, Tony Kemp has accused Paul Mawadi on a couple of occasions of trying to put him crook on his racing bets. So maybe maybe it's a maybe it's a ploy. <laughs> well, hey, look, come and have a play. Uh, uh, is I guess is what they're saying. Um, <laughs> roll your sleeves up and, and, and take some 228. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the battle of the wooden spoon, early rounds, the Tigers and the Knights. It has to be the wooden spoon favourite right now. <laughs> yeah, look, and it's a hard one to get a real line on here with, with, with betting at this stage because, look, the, the money has been surging for the Tigers um, pre-game with top eight markets. Uh, look, even w- winning the whole damn thing. Uh, they're they're $1.70, but there has been some money around for the Knights at $2.10. I, I thought the Tigers had their opportunities uh, in their match at Leichhardt Oval and that they couldn't get it done uh, against the Titans. Look, the other one is the Titans. They're $1.90 against the Dragons at $1.85. Um, again, we get to see the Dragons for the very first time, but the, drag- uh, the Titans, uh, they played away and got the job done. Can they do it again? Uh, there has been a good push in the total points in this match. Uh, expectation, maybe the defence on both of those sides might be a little bit flimsy, so this means it could open up for some points. We've seen money for the total points of over 39.5 points. 
at $1.85 in that Titans-Dragons game, which will be the last game uh, of the season, uh, last game of uh, round number two uh, in the NRL. Yeah, good stuff, B-Pop. So I've got a sneaky feeling the Dragons might beat both of them to the wooden spoon, but we'll, we'll talk about that another day, mate. Um, thanks for your time, mate. Go well. Have a great weekend, eh? Yeah, you too, man. Th- thanks, thanks, Ricardo. All the best, dude. Thanks, yes, mate. Uh, bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Please gamble responsibly. R18. This is the run home. We'll be back shortly to catch up with Greg O'Connor and get the latest tips for you from Harness Racing New Zealand. It is 13 away from 5 here on SENZ. This is the run home with Rick and Beeve. I am live at uh, Commercial Bay at the Sparks store on the third floor. The Phoenix are here in force. The Phoenix fans are here in force as well. Uh, just an update for you from the cricket. 90 for three is the latest from the Black Caps and Beaver. Uh, uh, lots more tips for Beaver's best coming through on the double eight, double three, the Temper Bedpost text machine as well. They certainly are. And just while you touched on the cricket score there, Ricardo, New Zealand still, still has considerable favourite on the TAB at dollar seventy six and Sri Lanka two ninety five. So go figure on that one right now. But uh, have you, you loaded up you... on the Lankins? No, no, no. I never bet against the Black Caps. Never. <laughs> uh, but. You're right, a few Beavers best there. Uh, little beauty here that you will be keen on. I have a game which you might want to include in other Maldives outside of Beavers best. It's top of the table, Burnley, to beat Wigan in the English Championship. The Clarence come off a week's break and bid to extend their unbeaten record in all comps to 17 matches. Wigan are stone-cold, marvellous last. The safe bet is a $1.30 head-to-head, or you could look at more lucrative options such as Bar- Burnley, minus one goal start. Regards, Carlos in Christchurch and people. When Carlos texts in, you listen. He is one of our great tipsters. And another one of our great tipsters is not too far away, Eva Ricardo. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Greg O'Connor, he's uh, joining us uh, shortly uh, from Harness Racing New Zealand. Uh, you live the dream. Get involved in Harness Racing today. Harness Racing, visit hrnz.co.nz. Have we got Greg there? Afternoon, boys. Yeah, g'day, Greg. How you doing, bud? Yeah, excellent, thanks. Um, I'm in the lower North Island, actually, in Palmerston North, the metropolis that it is, because it is the rural games, uh, the Ford Ranger rural games, which we couldn't have last year because of COVID. So, um, yeah, spent the day there, and they've got the Norwood Sports Awards for all the, the rural people out there. Some uh, some pretty big names going along there tonight, and then a weekend of activity at the uh, at the centre there, so um, yeah, they have about I don't know twenty five thirty thousand people come through and have a look. So um, everything from gumboot throwing, egg throwing, the traditional uh, rural sports like shearing and wood chopping. So yeah, there's some pretty cool things happening here. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Greg, if if you had to choose a sport at the rural games for Beaver to compete in now, now that he's not <laughs> playing rugby, what would it be? Where, where do you reckon he could go? Ah. Uh, Mate, there's a section called the Highland Heavies. Now, I'm not suggesting that Beaver's heavy or anything like that, but it's, it's, it's a strength-based uh, activity. You would have seen those guys go around. Tell you what, they're pretty impressive when they start tossing around those cabers and lifting the enormous big rocks and stuff. So, yeah, maybe that's Beaver's go. Either that or the man and mutt race where you've got to bring your dog and it's the fastest. Oh, mate, you've got to see it to believe it. It's, it's, it's very, very funny to watch and... How the dogs don't really listen to their masters, it's pretty cool. Oh, but I'd be right, I'd fit right in because my dog uh, doesn't listen to me, that's for sure, especially when we go for a run. He finds other things far more entertaining now, far <laughs> more entertaining than worrying about if me or my dog would listen to each other. Uh, Greg, Alexandra Park tonight. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah, look, going around there. Too yeah, it's the return of Copy that. Uh, the two-time cup winner, of course, and he takes on the two-time derby winner in Akuta. Looks a two-horse race, and both of these horses have so many big targets coming up. Amongst them, the race boy Grins, which they both now have a slot in. So uh, this is basically the start for the road uh, to the 14th of April. So... Yeah, it, it might shape the market a wee bit, how, how, what unfolds tonight, and saying that it is only a start point for both of them, but uh, I think Akuda will have too much uh, too much raw class for him tonight, not suggesting that he's a better horse on paper than what copy that is, but he did beat him at the trials recently. I can see him going forward and getting the lead, and I can see copy that going back at the start. If that happens, uh, most people will have Akuta as part of their multi-lock tonight. What, anything else from uh, Alexandra Park tonight, mate? Obviously, uh, since the start of uh, the build-up, as you said, but a uh, few, few more other yep, races yep, of note. a couple other good races. Yeah, there is. Race number five sees the Robert and Jenna Dunn pair, Who's the Light, and Bark, who was a winner last week, go head-to-head. I reckon Bark can beat Who's the Light. I reckon he's got more um, ring craft at the moment, so I'll go with him. That's race five, number seven. Uh, again, you're not looking enormous odds, but probably about... 270, 280, somewhere around that mark. I'd be happy uh, to be on it. And one of the best and emerging trotters that we've got is a horse called Double Delight. She's going to have a work cut out tonight. She's off 30 metres, but I think she might just be too good for this lot. So, uh, yeah, I'd be happy to go uh, with her race at six, number eight. They're actually racing at Westport on the coast, part of a two-day circuit they have there today and then recent on uh, on Sunday. And your man, Blair Orange, won the first three, so I was loathe to tip. <laughs> One of his out later on the program, B, but I do really like a horse called Just Holler. Race uh, number eight, it's there. Race nine, uh, race eight, it is. Their feature, the Kawateri Cup, he is runner number seven. He's about $4, so happy to be on uh, Just Holler. Beautiful. Uh, around about, what time does it kick off? Yeah, it kicks yeah. off about quarter past six. We all know vitamin C is good for us, so just back the orange, mate. Back the orange, that's what I say. Good stuff, Greg. Thanks very much, mate. Uh, have have <laughs> no a great problem. week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the uh, rest of the rural games, mate. We'll catch up with you soon, eh? Beautiful, boys. Thank you. Cheers, Thanks, mate. Harness Racing. Get amongst it. HRNZ.co.nz. Beave. We've got a Beaver yes. season coming up. Um, what, are you, what are you seeing? Are you going to give us a clue? Are you going to give us an in? Or, oh, I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of tips coming through. That's a lot I'm of tips. At. All right, we'll get to those after this here on the run home. It's just about 5 o'clock. Just about time for news uh, with Johnny Mac Beave. But have you, have you managed... I know we don't do it a beef season, but have we managed to get a beef a beef's anchor for Beaver's best yet? We, you we, like. we haven't got we haven't got anchor yet because we can't kill with fun just yet. But there's uh, one here from John for Beaver's best Phoenix two one three one and four one six bucks, pretty good money. Reckons John Ricardo, what yeah. say you? Yeah, I like it, mate. I like it. I think that's a, that, that's great. And I have seen Oscar Zavada here, who is uh, the Phoenix's main man up front. He's got 11 goals this season. Under a bit of a cloud, B, because he's awaiting the birth of his first kid. So he might have to bolt back to Wellington before that happens. But hopefully not. Hopefully he can play against Sydney before that happens. And uh, then I reckon that's definitely on the cards. Coming up in the next hour, we're going to talk Super Rugby uh, with uh, Campbell Burns from Rugby News. We're going to catch up with a few more of the Phoenix as well ahead of the big game on Sunday at Eden Park again. Sydney FC. This is the run home on SENZ.
This is SENZ. You are on the run home with Ricardo and Beef. Thanks to Mick Delivery. What's coming up on your Macca's menu? Well, we're going to be talking more Phoenix. Uh, Ufuk Tele, the coach of the men's team, is going to join us. Lily Elfeld is standing by, the goalkeeper and captain for the squad for the A-League Liberty side as well. Campbell Burns is going to join us as well this hour. We're going to talk Super Rugby with him. We've got the Razine Most Colourful Moment of the Week as well before 6. After 6 o'clock, now we're going to talk to Mark Spud Carroll. He is calling the Eels-Sharks game tonight. We'll talk NRL with him. Beav and I will go a bit more in depth in both the Super Rugby and NRL rounds as well before we head to Christchurch and catch up with Robert Van Royen from stuff.co.nz to get the latest from Hagley. He'll be wrapping the day's play there. We've got Beaver's Best as well as a Caller of the Week winner. And possibly, I've heard, uh, Jacob has been beavering away in the, in the producer studio. He may have got Greg Murphy for us ahead of the first round of supercars out of Newcastle this weekend as well. So all of that coming your way. Mick Delivery delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. But now it is uh, time for a chat to somebody who is completely, I would imagine, um, off the Maccas at the moment as she's in recovery. Uh, Lily Elfeld, uh, the uh, uh, skipper for the A-League Liberty women's team for the Phoenix. Lily, how are you doing? Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, mate, it's great, great to have you here. We're <laughs> at Commercial Bay, of course, uh, in the Spark store. Uh, we've got uh, lots of fans have come down, taken photos. This, uh, the men's squad is here as well. Uh, how, how's recovery for you, mate? How, how far away do you think you are? Um, at this point, I don't really have a, a set timeline, um, but you know, I'm, I'm making progress every week. Which I had, you know, there's a, a period where it kind of stagnated, so I'm back, you know, making full progress. So that's really positive. But yeah, I'm, I'd definitely be pushing to, you know, to try to get on that field ball for the end of the season. But I have to get it right. Yeah, have, mm. to, have to get it right. Um, mm-hmm. AB, uh, yes. I know we, we, when we, t- we had Tim Payne on, we were talking about how you have to keep the low, the ball low if you're a footballer, but. Goalkeepers are different, right? Because they want a bit of distance. They want a bit of height. Have you got any any kicking tips for Lily? How did, how did, how did you punt at 40 metres, mate? <laughs> Please. Uh, 41 on a real good day of a win behind me, Ricardo. Uh, no, I wish I actually spent more time with goalkeepers. They uh, they can really strike off the ground more than, uh, more than the footy boys. Uh, anything special there? Oh, I don't know. I'd say you've only, you've only got, you know, you could have had a dead ball. <laughs> You're under no pressure. I feel like you, you have to get it right, don't you? Is it, is it, is Great distance, though. Great distance, yeah. I've always yeah. thought. Yeah. It's a lot of squats. A lot of squats in the gym. <laughs> a lot of squats. So there you go, baby. Yeah, well, it was my problem. It was my yeah. problem. Chicken legs. Yeah, yeah baby, people always missed uh, leg day. Um, yeah, I mean, actually on that, though, because I, I watched a couple of docos, one on Beckham, the way Beckham used to take free kicks, <laughs> and they broke down everything he did. Um, and obviously for him that was second nature but when you're learning to kick and, and, and working on you know with a goalkeeping coach trying to get distance and, and things are there steps that you go through are there things that you have to think about as you're running into striker ball yeah absolutely I think you know you, you, I guess you've got, kind of got that natural technique there's parts that then once you've you know got the, the basics set down it's just the, the minute details a lot of it's you, you follow through and you're carrying through that ball rather than just getting under it and getting it up um, but yeah, if, if you're going for power, it's probably primarily that follow through. And as a keeper, you've got that massive run up, and you can you know carry on through. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. That's um, and, that, and that's what you want to say. That, that's what I need to get my daughter into. Beef. Mm. She, I tried getting her into football, and she loves kicking the ball with me in the backyard. But as soon as Saturday morning came, and there were boys who didn't let her just have her go, <laughs> and we were always taking the ball off her. She was like, "Nah, sod this. I'm going to go do ballet." <laughs>
You keep me away from ballet. Ballet's a tough watch when they're young, Ricardo. <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong, mate. You're not wrong. Uh, now, Lily, the, uh, the the team, the season paper hasn't gone as well as we hoped they would go. I mean, a big part of that is having you had your leadership on the on the park. Obviously, that that obviously hasn't helped in um, a change of coach mid-season or oh, sort of in between seasons as well. What's the feeling like in the dressing room and, and on the training pitch? Yeah, like you said, I think we're we're quite disappointed personally. I think we definitely had high expectations on the season and you know there were no excuses this season you know we we had I guess everything at our disposal to, to be successful um, but I think you know when we look at where we started at the beginning of the season to where we are now we're definitely we've improved I think we've definitely you know we're playing a brand of football we've, we're kind of proud of now and you know we've, we've made huge strides um, it's now just that final third I think you know putting that ball on the back of the net I think the game this past weekend against Brisbane was a primary example of, you know, we, we dominated in a lot of that game and we had some of the best stats of, of our whole season, you know, across the field, but we just are struggling to find the back of the net. So I think it is really positive and I think there's a huge number of positives to take away from the season um, and, a, you know, a number of standout players that have come forward and, you know, put their hands up for, for Fern's duty from it. But yeah, I think, you know, we're really looking now to finish these last five games really strong and try to make it in a season that we're very proud of. Yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, what you guys do, I imagine you do a lot of goal setting. I mm -hmm. mean, you've got five games left. Mm -hmm. is, the, is the squad goal, let's catch Newcastle? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we want five from five. That's, you know, we've got a great opportunity against Sydney this weekend. They're, um, they're down a few players and, and will be, a, you know, weaker. I mean, even a, a weak Sydney is a, a very strong Sydney. But, you know, we've we kind of, we've got a bit of momentum now and we definitely want to take five wins from the five remaining. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the players that you lost last season to this season was Grace Jarley, who mm. went to Canberra. Canberra, mm. obviously, um, they, they do one of two things. They either score a lot or they concede a lot. Mm. Seems to be seems to be the pattern. Mm. Do you think she would have made a big difference if she had stayed here this season? Yeah, Grace is an incredible player, and, and you just have to see her, her success in, in, in Canberra and in Ferns. And I think we definitely missed her, but we, we have got, you know, strong strong attacking players who, who are, you know, quite similar to Grace and have that, you know, similar quality. So, yeah, while we've definitely missed Grace, I think, you know, there's a number of girls that ha have the capability to, you know, step in and, and fill her shoes. Yeah, mm. right. Uh, and what about then, you, you mentioned that the, the, the World Cup is coming up this mm -hmm. year, obviously. There's going to be a lot of excitement around the camp. A lot of people in the in your team and in your squad have been involved in the Ferns mm -hmm. um, and there's going to be more coming back from overseas as well. Mm -hmm. um, just how big is this for women's football that having this World Cup here? Oh, it's incredible. I think, you know, the there's going to be so many eyes on the sport, and this particularly the women's game. Um, it's such an exciting time, you know, to be a footballer, and I think the legacy that this will leave um, on the, you know, women's game and, and football in general is going to be huge. I know personally the Under-17 World Cup that was here in 2008 was massive in, in getting me to, to play football, so to think, you know, this is going to inspire the next generation is really exciting and, and as a you know the first professional women's team it's really exciting that we can kind of ride that wave and I think there's a huge opportunity now for us to get a lot more followers and supporters and and you know really make the most of you know such a an incredibly huge tournament. Well, it, it's going to be a different landscape next season for the Phoenix women's mm -hmm. team once the World Cup is done mm. um, and the, the fact I mean I talked to Betsy Hassett yesterday on Phoenix Nation and she talked about She's here on loan from her Icelandic club, right? Mm -hmm. So in April she goes back uh, to Iceland, plays that season out. But she wants to come back. She wants to play here more. You mm -hmm. know, she's loved the fact that she can play professionally mm -hmm. in New Zealand. Do you think 
the Phoenix women's team will be that much stronger next year because we'll have that. We'll have a, a bunch of senior players come back to play here for the World Cup and experience it and go, actually, you know what, there's an opportunity for me to stay here and do that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's never been an opportunity in, in the past to play at home and I think a lot of players will jump at that opportunity and um, I guess with our season works in the off-season to say, say the Icelandic League, uh, it gives a massive opportunity for gifts to come, not only come home and, you know, and spend a bit more time with family and friends, but come back and still challenge themselves in a, in a football environment. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, a lot of those ferns are coming out of the World Cup will want to come back and spend a bit more time. And I think it will be very competitive for spots next year. Obviously, we won't have the same restrictions on Kiwis and Aussies and, and international players, but I think, you know, it will be really tough, you know, to, to get that, that spot for next season. So it's only great for the club and... and you know, only great for all of us having to compete against such incredible calibre of players. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, best of luck to you mm -hmm. getting back on the pitch. Can't wait to see you back there, uh, out there in anger, doing it again. Um, <laughs> and, and best of luck to this, uh, the team as well for the rest of the season. Thanks for stopping by and having a chat. And uh, enjoy that corporate box that David Dome sorted for you for the game on Sunday too. Um, apparently uh, the fridge is loaded and nothing's off the menu, so well done. I can't wait. <laughs> Thanks, Ricardo. No problem at all. <laughs> this is the run home on SCNZ. Ricardo and Beaver with you. When we come back, we might have the boss man, Ufuk Teller, if we can track him down. Uh, for the men's team, he's going to join us and we'll talk ahead of that game against Sydney. This is the run home with Ricardo and Beaver, thanks to Mick Delivery and Beaver. They've started the Q&A down here uh, a little bit earlier than we were anticipating um, at Commercial Bay in the Spark building. So uh, we haven't managed to, uh, to, to get Ufuk because he's, he's tied up talking to Goran Paladin from uh, Sky Sport in front of a whole bunch of people at the moment, mate. So I thought we should maybe uh, go through and talk some of those uh, Super Rugby games that are coming up this weekend, starting with your Chiefs and Highlanders. Um, tonight and I know that uh, Brett was going to send you some, some intel from Huntley once he, uh, once he got in uh, the stadium. You heard, what are you hearing? I haven't heard it yet from Brett on the text machine um, but what I'm hearing is it is clearing and so I don't think rain is going to be a factor. It's not going to be a leveller as they say. I, I feel the Highlanders will be better. They have to be. There's too many good players there for them to cop another 50 across the, the chops but geez. If the Chiefs come out the gate hot, and you've got to remember, the Chiefs have been on the road for two weeks. They haven't played at home. So if it is a half-decent night, after the results that they've had and the marketing team being full at work, you'd imagine the Chiefs get a good crowd there tonight. And first game of, the, of their home season, they'll want to rip in. So, geez, if they get out, get out maybe a couple of tries in the first 20 minutes, a few of these younger, more inexperienced landers, I'm not talking Aaron Smiths of the world and the Frizzells, but... A few of the younger ones might just start looking around thinking, uh-oh, here we go again. Conversely, if Aaron Smith, who would have been the life and energy of the team all week, even after the, the slackings they've had, if he comes in and he oozes his confidence and he spreads it and he seems a very infectious character and the Hondas start well, they might get a few scrum penalties because they've got a great scrum. You just never know. But for me, it's it's the Chiefs game to... Chiefs game to to win tonight. Yeah, I mean, I was having a look at the stats the last, I think, five games uh, at FMG they've won, and of those five, two of them, they've put 50 points on the board as well. So uh, they do like playing on their home track. Absolutely. No better sound in world sport than the, the bells ringing. And uh, I know it's not a solely Chiefs thing, but the bells still make an appearance during Chiefs season. Mm. So I'd imagine they'll be, they should be too good tonight. Is, is Possum still up in the in the cherry picker with the, with the chainsaw? 
No. For all sorts of reasons, uh, Possum no longer in the cherry picker uh, behind the uh, behind the shallow end. Of course, his his uh, his new corporate box is down that end now. So I don't know if he would actually have a big enough cherry picker to clear the new structures. But uh, no, po- Possum's Possum's still around, but he's left his he's left his position. Oh right, okay. So no position for possum uh, anymore no. is what you're saying. Um, no. Now tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow over in Fiji, uh, the Crusaders play the Drua, mate. And the Drua went really good last week against the Tars for about 15 minutes. They led that game 17-10 at one point, and obviously Crusaders have uh, rested a few. Um, Fergus Burke's going to run the cutter. Um, there's a few youngsters on the bench, a few youngsters around uh, on the pitch as well for the Crusaders. Uh, any danger of, of the Drew getting up here in front of their home crowd first time for the season? There shouldn't be. But I say there shouldn't be. I'm not going to come out here and say 100% of the Crusaders are going to do the job. They should, and they probably will. But if the Drew get a sniff, and the Drewers start to, things come off of a Drewers, and as you say, there's going to be 15,000, 20,000 there, packed to the rafters. Uh, first of all, watching the heroes from New Zealand, but then all of a sudden, if the local boys can get a bit of a roll on, I saw them, the momentum that these boys can generate. I saw it firsthand when the Chiefs almost lost to them last year in, uh, in Suva. It's one of those ones where you go over there thinking, right, yeah, we just can't let them get into their rhythm. And you don't let them get them into a rhythm for 50, 60 minutes. And all of a sudden they get one try. And then all of a sudden they get two tries. And then you start thinking, oh no, is this the horror story that's about to unfold here? You know, So there will be that little lingering thought in the Crusaders. But you'd imagine Crusaders far too professional, far too clinical, and far too experienced. Although you're right, there are some guys there who, I don't say got points to prove, but are young fellas. And all of a sudden... They're in the middle of what well, won't be a hostile environment, but it will be a unique environment. And as I say, if the drawer can just somehow snare one, snare two, and things start to land, you just never know. You never know. Uh, Maka Springer on one wing. Shea Fihaki is first start of the season at fullback as well. Uh, Fergus Burke, as we mentioned, is, is running around in the 10 jersey. Uh, and there's a young fellow you know quite a lot about playing at 10 as well, mate. Way well, he potentially could play at ten, come off the bench. Yeah, he played ten young tar. He's um, he's been highly touted. He had a year for some like a set up there for share, and, and he got some chances here and there. Very well level headed young fella. Um, he's probably he probably knows he's got a. Almost, he's very good structurally at the moment. He knows where to go, where to be, how to pass, see the gap, blah blah. blah. I guess now it's just a case of right. You've left your school life behind you graduated from all of your school rugby now in the, in the big boys it's just getting the feel for how to control a game how to how to dictate terms a little bit you know he's going to get a great ride as far as being behind a crusaders pack so he's got a big big future ricardo there's no doubt about that and when you look around new zealand rugby it's not a bad time to be a young team Mm, yeah, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's a very good time to be a young team. Now, we've got the Canes and the Blues 7 o'clock on uh, Saturday night as well from the Cake Tin. Uh, no Adi Savir, obviously, mate. How do you see this one going? I can't wait for this one, Ricardo. I really can't. I think this could be... I, I, for me, it's the match of the round. Yes, I don't even want to start on how disgraceful it is that we've been robbed of our superstar Hurricane mm. and, uh, and Adi Savir. But... So many things for me, so many storylines. For me, the Blues, 
so many players who are going to be in the All Blacks. And, um, but so many of them are probably squad members 16 to 32. So, interesting. What, what, is, what, is, what happens if they don't have this groundbreaking year that they're expecting to have? Do, does those guys who are going to fill in that 16 to 32 jerseys on that trip to Paris not make it? Who knows? The Hurricanes, for me, they still got to prove it. But I thought before the season that they could be New Zealand's big improvers. A few young guys there, another year older, and still with the superstardom of Geordie Barrett and Artie Savier. Now, uh, one of the question marks, I mean, you've alluded to France, but one of the question marks, of course, ahead of France is whether Dane Coles's calves will hold up that long because um, he has had problems. But uh, what does it say this season that he's starting? With, he'll start that game tomorrow. That'll be three in a row that he started. So he'll be playing 60 minutes plus three games in, on the trot. Yeah, and I think Coles would, Coles would want to play. You know, there'd be no one more frustrated about the calf situation than Dane Coles, and I'm sure he's, he's calf-raised himself to death. There's only so many calf-raises you can do on a rehab. Um, but oh, without a shadow of doubt, if he's got one leg, he's going to Paris, in my eyes. He has to, uh, for all sorts of reasons. And if he doesn't go, then, or he gets injured over there, then you, you've got Armour to come straight in. But for me, he is so much about the Hurricanes and such a... Such a part of any potential success they have. And, and I just think, as I say, Ricardo, just alluding to the fact that so many of these Blues guys are, are, are all blacks, but they're just probably on the on the threshold of where the selection line is. What does a Hurricanes victory tomorrow night do? With mm. only, what, two all blacks in their squad against a team laden with all blacks, told they couldn't do it without Artie. All of a sudden, A, their confidence goes through the roof. And all of a sudden, people are asking questions about the Blues. So I can't wait for it. I, I think it's going to be close. I really do. Um, yeah. Brett Cameron at 10. Um, interesting selection. Obviously, young fella Morgan's had the first couple of cracks, but Brett Cameron's now available. And I think from the whispers I heard, they were, he was always the plan, Brett Cameron, uh, when they got him. So now he gets his chance. And tell you what, I don't know why you're feeling on this one, Ricardo, but I, I really look forward to this game. Yeah, mate, it's going to be a great game. It's hard. To, it's, it feels like a coin toss. It really does. Yes. I mean, Artie does kind of edge it towards the Blues, but then the Canes are playing at home, so uh, that kind of evens it all out, mate. What about, uh, I want to ask you about this as well, uh, Moana Pacifica. Um, mm. They've had a week in Melbourne, right? And then pretty much straight after the weekend, they've gone to Perth. They probably won't have to deal with the you know the time difference like you would normally tr- uh, normally have to um, plays into their thing. Uh, the force conceded seventy to the Reds uh, last week. Um, what chance do you give Moana of picking up a W here? Because they're they're only about twenty five percent picked according to uh, what I've seen on uh, on on all the um, SENZ Super Rugby picks. Yeah, I was staggered by that force result. I gave them a chance. I gave them such a chance that I actually had a multi, which included the Brumbies being the Blues at 4.40, and they were the only one that I missed on the last game of the weekend. I was, and I asked a few people around the ground. I said, should I cash out? Should I cash out when I was over in Melbourne? And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, I think force are a good bet. And then just got absolutely smashed. So who knows with the force? But Moana, like people, people think being on the road is tough and all the rest of it. The boys have had a great time. Two weeks together, uh, naturally bonding. You get to put in more rugby. You know, the coaches will be able to put more rugby into you, if not on field, but educationally. Uh, little catch-ups, which sometimes the players hate, but at the start of the season you can deal with your coach saying, oh, there you go, just come to my room, will you? 
Uh, so a lot of education we've been going down, and, and that's what they need. It's, it's little things that are costing the Moanas at the moment, and the, and the Druids probably. So if they can get these little things out of their game, oh, they're a huge chance over in Perth. They're an absolute huge chance. Um, the force, they are better at home. They they do enjoy wonderful support. But, Jesus, that result last week just blew me away. I, I got told the Reds were in flash this year um, and suffering a lot of injuries. And then for them to do that to the force, Jesus, makes you wonder where the force are at. It does, mate. What are, you, what are you actually on the Reds then? What do you make of young Tom Liner, Michael's young boy? Yeah, he's... He's not far from the, the old man, is he? He's very, uh, he looks assured. Uh, got a boot on him and, uh, and the rest. Because I, I forgot that there's actually a line who's capped for England. There's another line still playing in England. And I, and I was trying to work out when I first heard the name, how does this all work? But, yeah, isn't it, isn't it funny that you know, when we were growing up, certainly when I was growing up, Michael Liner was the king of Australian rugby outside Nick Farr-Jones. Um, and now... His son, uh, son doing the stuff for the Reds. All they need to do now is take a game back to Ballymore and we've completely gone full circle. Yeah, mate, 100%. I mean, you can see in the, in, the, in the future at some point, England play the Wallabies and there's two liners at 10. Two liners, exactly. Uh, oh, but I, actually, I actually ran into Michael last week in Melbourne. Oh, How was he? Lovely guy. Lovely guy. Yeah. Briefly. Fantastic. A couple of great tens having a chat. We'll get more on that uh, between now and 6 o'clock. It's time, though, to head away to News and Sport with Johnny Mack here on SENZ. This is The Run Home. For Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 11 years, it's time for Razine's most colourful sporting moment of the week. You didn't quite see red. He saw yellow beef, um, but it kind of turned into a red. Uh, it's got it's got it's got to be, doesn't it? Your Rosine most colourful moment of the week? Yeah, well, not your traditional colourful moment that we often tip off about. You know, wonderful moments of maybe at the last minute buzzer beater or the six to, to win it all or, or the Wagner wickets. Um, but no, this one was colourful nonetheless. It, it dominated the entire sporting week at the start of it. Adi Savia. Uh, threatening to apparently um, go after a young Yappy Nine from Australia and somehow, uh, I guess the do-gooders in the world, uh, got him a one-week suspension. When it says a one-week, it was clearly a reluctance and I think a lot of people were probably dealing with a level of common sense in that Sansa boardroom, but he got a one-week uh, robbed us, as I say, of the headline act going into the match of the round tomorrow night at, uh, at the Cacton. So, yeah, certainly the colourful moment that uh, spilled over to be the colourful moment of the week. Mate, I, I, you know what I really hope they do? I, do, I doubt they'll do it, but I really hope the Canes do a try celebration where they do that in a circle yes, to each other. Yes, yes, yes. Or, or... Suspend the whole team. See, go on. Safe is 15, 20,000 there tomorrow night, and as the Blues run out... Maybe they're all giving it the chop across. Um, I don't know. Just to, it could be their new thing. It could be. Could birth yeah. something. Could birth something. That's a really good point, actually. That's a really good point, uh, Beef. I, I did say we were going to talk more about uh, Michael Liner. What did you two talk about? Uh, Do you remember? Just how many, just how many grins general. deep were you? It was day three, I mean. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, smiling all the way to the bank. That's how many grins uh, deep you were. Uh, uh, hey, the Beavers' best tips, they keep coming. 
Oh, what do you got? What do you got for us now? Well, I've got. I, I like this one. This is a netball one from Kerry. Magic versus Stars. Either team win by one to five points. Two dollars forty. What do you think? I love I the like Magic. It. Obviously, long-time fan of the Magic. Yeah, mate. Uh, no, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. I might have to consider that one. But more seriously, yeah. this one. Richie was obviously listening a couple of days ago when we were talking to uh, Matty Russell, the voice of Rugby League uh, out mm. of Fox, when I suggested that because the Cowboys and the Broncos are back playing each other and they're both back to their, their best, it screams golden point. Because remember, we had that time mm. where they were all great games and it was golden point. Well, Richie, he's playing on my emotions here. He knows I said that. <laughs> And he's come at me with a Cowboys versus Broncos golden point at 17 smacker. Oh, Would you beautiful. Mate, that had, oh. we've, got to, we've got to throw that in, surely. You're tempting me, Richie. You know you're tempting me. <laughs> I don't mind that at all. Hey, mate, I'll tell you who else has been tempted. Tom Latham was tempted to play at one, uh, oh. and he missed it. He's out for seven, uh, 67, so uh, the Black Caps 135 for four against Sri Lanka at the moment. So, yeah, can, not all going to I plan. Get, can I give you an update on that, Ricardo? Can mm. we... Just roughly, go off the top of your head, what would the odds be right now in TAB land, knowing that score, knowing that we are still 220 behind? Well, you'd, you'd think that Sri Lanka would be something like, I don't know, maybe seventy favourites, the draw at maybe $3, and New Zealand at something like, you know, maybe two fifty. We're at eighty-eight. the Black Caps. Mm-hmm. The draw's at five twenty, and the Lankans are still outsiders at two sixty. Mate, get on. Get on, load no, up on the Lankans. I refuse to, I refuse to, but if you're of Sri Lankan descent, I'm not going to stop you. Or if you're cursed. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're cursed, or, anyway. Yeah, yeah or, if you, or, or if you've got a box of Delmar in the cupboard. Either or, yeah. Actually, that's a bit, that's a bit on the nose coming from uh, Producer Jacob, because Producer Jacob and Kez, during Test 2, just showed their English side ridiculously. <laughs> they started to wear polos to work. Day 2, day 3. They were what, what are you wearing right polos. now? It's a polo, but I'm not supporting the Sri Lankans. I'm still supporting the Black Caps. I don't know, it's blue. Oh, oh. oh here we blazed go. with the three lions on it, like you two were running. I've got a beige brigade um, uh, Black Caps shirt. I don't know what you're talking you about. Oh, mate, he's, he's in my ear beef telling me we need to get to a break because he doesn't yeah. want to be hung out to dry. I bet he does. I bet he does. When we come back, we're going to be talking more Super Rugby with Campbell Burns from uh, the uh, Rugby News magazine, having another look at what they are doing uh, from a magazine point of view and this round of Super Rugby as well. We'll do that next here on The Run Home. This is SENZ. You are on The Run Home with Ricardo and Beaver. And uh, thanks to Rugby News magazine, you can get yours now. The editor, Campbell Burns, joins us to talk Super Rugby Pacifica. Uh, how you doing, Campbell? I'm not too bad, fellas. Not too bad at all. It's a story, mate. We've got a, uh, a big game tonight in, uh, in Beaver's old uh, hunting ground, FMG Stadium. The Chiefs up against the poor old Highlanders. Man, what a, what a rip-roaring start to the season they've had. Uh, you get the, the Blues, the Crusaders, and the Chiefs, bang, bang, bang. I, I don't know, mate, if, you, if you've done any research on that. Has anybody had a draw that tough before? <laughs> Uh, yeah, look, I'm not too sure, but I'm, uh, I, I would guarantee um, that you'd be doing it tougher if you're not playing your All Blacks, uh, as the Highlanders didn't last week. Uh, so they're all back tonight, so I would expect a much improved uh, performance from the Southerners. Yeah, Cam, well, obviously, it's been an interesting topic, the uh, not playing the All Blacks. Obviously, last week, uh, they chose to rest a couple of their big guns against the Crusaders, which was interesting. And then this week, they're getting told that, I guess, somebody that none of us thought would be protected as having to sit out too. Yeah, mate, that's, um, it was, that, that was bizarre when I heard that. And um, my first thought was that, that someone's got their wires crossed because Billy Harmon 
much as he's a good player, has not played for the All Blacks yet. So why would he be uh, amongst those having to stand down? I mean, Leon McDonald told me a few weeks ago that Patrick Tuipalutu, who um, played a test match on the end of year tour, uh, was not part of the um, stand down. So he's available to play all the games for the Blues from what I can gather. So I don't know why Billy Harmon has uh, suddenly come under that. I mean, maybe Ian Foster may be able to enlighten us at some point. Mate, obviously, Ricardo's talked about who they've run into. Do you see, obviously it's a hell of a lot stronger Highlanders team tonight, do you see them maybe uh, sneaking into Hamilton and uh, surprising the Chiefs tonight, or is it uh, Chiefs on, on a bit of a roll at the moment? Oh, no, no, I think it's more the latter. Chiefs are on a bit of a roll. They've got uh, DMEC uh, going great guns at 10. Uh, they, they've named a very strong lineup, um, so I don't see any reason why they... Uh, that they wouldn't continue continue in, in similar vein. Um, I think Clayton McMillan seems to have them humming uh, humming well. Well, the Highlanders do historically have a reasonable record in Hamilton, but I can't see it uh, tonight. It would be a major, major upset if they uh, if they managed to get up. There's been a bit of talk about Highlanders' recruitment or or lack of, and and some of the retention as well. I mean, I look I look through that squad, mate. I think it looks pretty strong, particularly in the forward pack, uh, but they look a bit thin out the back. Uh, I mean, and if this is going to be won and lost up front, maybe they do have a shot. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. You know, I think the, the, the Highlanders have shown the, um, the, the their forwards have always been pretty solid in the last few years. They've got a quite a solid scrum there, led by Jermaine Ainsley. Um, n- nothing wrong at all with their, with their forward pack. Um, good to have Aaron Smith back at nine. Um, but, you know, I guess it's, it's what happens outside there. Thomas Umanga Jensen has started very well. Um, in touch Woody takes away from injury, which has plagued them uh, in recent years. And I, I know they've got Freddie Burns at fullback, um, which is interesting. We, we know him as a, um, as a number 10 who's played for England, and he's, he's done a reasonable job so far. But they've, um, they've decided to, to select him in the number 15 jersey. Um, and, uh, yes, yeah, so, so how they... How they sort of um, gel those those outsides. I think um, Josh Timu's been ruled out. Um, so you know the question mark has always been about the Highlanders outsides, and part of that's been been uh, injuries in the last two or three years. Um, they seem to have just had a, an injury curse in that back three. Um, but uh, you know how they how they gel tonight. I guess Aaron Smith will help that uh, no end. Yeah, obviously bringing in uh, the. One of the absolute greatest Super Rugby players of all time, really, and Aaron Smith. But uh, I guess the other big Kiwi game this week has been, uh, well, it's been in the news, but it's been robbed of a massive factor as far as Adi Savir out for the Hurricanes. Hurricanes this year looking a little bit more, I guess, composed, and I guess tonight's the the biggest test. Well, it's, yeah, it certainly is. I mean, they were good in round one against the Reds. They won comfortably there. They probably should have won by 50 uh, last week. I mean, Artie was the, the best player on the field um, until he was uh, he was thinned in there. Um, I think it was a bit of a mountain out of a molehill, really, that whole thing, given that he, he uh, apologised and, and front-footed uh, that, that, that incident uh, straight away. But it seems to have divided some people. But I do know that the, the Blues will be happy that he's not there. They won't have to do his, his leg drive and his, uh, his, his all-round energy. So... I think on that basis alone, you would give the uh, the Blues the the edge there, even though the Hurricanes have looked pretty good in, uh, in, in in periods of play throughout their first two games. Obviously, it's a long way out from uh, any time there's going to be any selections made. But uh, in this Blues Hurricanes team, is there is there some matchups that you think maybe getting uh, you know tell us a fair bit about potentially squad members going to the World Cup? Obviously, 
is probably a halfback in the Blues team that's going to be under pressure and he's a halfback player for the Hurricanes, which is uh, turning heads. Uh, do, do you see that as uh, a bit of a subplot for tonight or tomorrow? Yeah, could be, could be. Uh, look, I mean, Cam Roygaard is, um, is one of the real comers. He played for the All Blacks 15 last year. He started really well. Finley uh, Christie has played quite well uh, from what I've seen so far as well. So that should be a good matchup at nine. I mean, I'm keen to see uh, in the number 13, the centre matchup, uh, even though they may not necessarily oppose each other directly. So Rico Ioani, the best centre in the country. Uh, we obviously wanted to know what he's going to be doing next year. But in the meantime, he's, he's the man. He's got Billy Proctor up against him, who... I think is a, is a very good young footballer who seems to have, um, you know, I, I thought he was just, he was unlucky not to go on that All Blacks 15 tour last year or, or make the original selection. So I think he started particularly well, um, and uh, you know, I mean, both of them are very good, very good attacking footballers, so that they may can, uh, cancel each other out. Um, but certainly that centre matchup and and the halfback uh, matchup will be uh, uh, will be ones to watch. But also um, open side flanker, you've got people see Karifi up against um, Sultan Papali. Um, so, you know, potentially the best uh, open side in the country. Uh, uh, although I'm sure Sam Kane would have something to say about that up against uh, Duple C, who, who has been in and around the All Blacks environment. Uh, the uh, the other there's a couple of other matchups I'm keen on seeing, mate. One of those uh, is a guy who had a fantastic NPC season last year. That is Peter Larkai. Talk about getting thrown in the deep end. Uh, he has to replace Artie at eight, and you've already mentioned uh, Dalton Papali, Huskins at two, two Tom Robinson in there for the Auckland or the Blues Lucies, I should say. Um, that's going to be a real test. We'll find out just how good this kid is because, I mean, he is it for the Canes next year with Artie up in Japan, right? Yep, yep, and I think he's. Um, I, I think he's very much got the goods. Uh, he played. Uh, I think he played seven last week, uh, or in the first round, uh, which was unusual. But he had such a good NPC, and uh, he just looks a very good football. He's played for NZ Twenties, carries hard, um, tackles well. Um, he's very accurate in everything he does. So he's going to be matching up against uh, Hoskins. So Tutu, who's uh, very much in that All Blacks fr- frame as well. So that that loose battle will be will be intriguing. And uh, the other one that I wanted to ask you about and get your, get your take on, um, which I, I think is probably a lot of people are looking forward to seeing, is how Geordie Barrett and Roger Tuivasa-Shek go head-to-head, uh, two all-black number 12s, one who looks like he's probably nailed on to start the first all-black test of the year, the other one who's might be off back to rugby league because he's not getting enough time in the black jersey. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, that's going to be uh, an interesting um, a subplot to play up through the rest of the year, but Roger Tuivasa-Shek played very well last week, I thought. He's certainly the main man at 12 for the Blues. Um, he had a pretty good season for them last year. Um, I will be interested to see how he goes against Geordie, because Geordie's a very physical sort of character um, and, and direct, um, and, and brings the other um, skills as well with his kicking game, so you know, that's, and that's also a very good um, very good matchup, but I mean, Geordie for sure, he, even at this point, you'd have to say he would have the very much the inside running for that All Blacks uh, number 12 jersey, but two of us are checks, probably good. he's got two and a half, three months to try and um, try, try and state his case, uh, and he's probably got a leg up given that Quintu Pyre is probably not due back until about June, so um, you know, if a couple of other contenders fall by the wayside, he, he could well be still in the mix. Yeah, obviously those are the two absolute massive games this weekend, mate, obviously in your line of work. There's, uh, there's always ongoing stories. There's the obvious one around the uh, the coaching, uh, well, coaching sideshow, I guess. Is uh, apart from that at the moment, is there anything else that's uh, really coming across your desk? 
Yeah, mate. Well, we yeah, we certainly try and try and keep keep tabs on all of it. I mean, as I say, we're not in the twenty four hour news cycle, but um, we we are sort of planning for our April issue, and uh, that that uh, and it's going to be out early April. So that all that coaching saga will be sort of right in the mix there. I mean, it looks it looked like it was going to be a two horse uh, race between Razor and Jamie Joe, and now uh, we see that Joe Schmidt could be the uh, could be throwing his hat in the ring, um, and you, and you couldn't imagine that there'd be uh, those are three prime contenders, so. You couldn't imagine that there'd be too many other serious contenders for that head coaching role. I think there'll be some jostling for position and behind as to who who can work with them. Um, and uh, yeah, so we'll be we'll be sort of keeping tabs on that as we plan ahead for our our April issue. Um, so uh, yep, now that's going to be an interesting one. Hopefully they can make the call sooner rather than later, so it doesn't stretch on into May June. <laughs> yeah, certainly been filling in some pages for you, I'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly right. Oh, we still, but we still have our uh, our Super Rugby special on uh, on sale for another couple of weeks. So that's got every that's your, your one stop shop for all your Super Rugby, uh, Opiki and Pacific info. Um, there's a few uh, few decent player features there, and the likes of Levi Almore and Christian Leo Willie, the uh, the only uh, qualified dentist playing full time rugby in New Zealand. Sean Stevenson going great guns. Tom Robinson who scored a brilliant solo try last week. So uh, yeah, there's plenty to sink your teeth into there. Uh, Campbell, enjoy your footy this weekend, mate. Keep up the good work at uh, Rugby News Magazine, eh? I certainly will. Awesome, that. Cheers, Cheers boys. Cheers. Uh, for all of the latest rugby updates, analytics, interviews and more, get the Rugby News Magazine today. This is the run home for you on SENZ. Ricardo and Viva will be back after this. Yeah, it's a couple of minutes away from 6 o'clock here on the run home on SENZ with Ricardo and uh, Beef And Beef. How's how how is... Um, Beeb's best looking, mate. How's that? How's the build going? Get in there. We are getting there. It's just whether or not I've got the courage to go big, big. Mm. Well, you, you, when you say courage to go big, big, are you talking about a certain $17 shot? Yeah, it's, it's weighing on me heavy. Um, I had the, the cheek to say it's going to happen. Uh, an old saying about putting your money where your mouth is. Mm. Well, and? And? What are you thinking? Or are you, are you, is that a side bet? Int- still having the internal fight. Uh, <laughs> I'm conscious that it's well, been mate, a few weeks since I've won. Well, tell you what we should do is we should hold that uh, decision until after we've talk- talked to Spud Carroll, who's calling the Eels Sharks game tonight. Yes. Run it past him and see what he reckons and see if he thinks 17, to, 17 bucks is good money for that bet. Oh, it's good money. <laughs> it is good money. In anyone's language, I just need to know if it's going to happen. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. He is up with us after the latest in news and sport with Johnny Mack, which is right now here on The Run Home. This is SENZ. You're on The Run Home with Ricardo and Beaver. Thanks to Mick Delivery. What's coming up on your Macca's menu? Uh, we get your Macca's favourites delivered with Mick Delivery. We're going to be talking to Spud Carroll shortly. Um, you can't have a Mick Delivery without Spuds, mate, because French fries and Macca's go together like uh, two things that go together quite well. So Spud Carroll coming up real soon to talk in RL. Uh, we're going to catch up with David Dome, the... Uh, uh, boss man from the Wellington Phoenix as well before 6.30. Robert Van Royen from stuff.co.nz is going to join us to talk cricket. Uh, I can tell you 147 for 7 is the score in at Hagley Oval at the moment. In at the crease, Daryl Mitchell 37 not out. Tom Blundell is on 4. We're going to have Beaver's best. Or we might even be able to sneak Greg Murphy in ahead of the first race of supercars for the season, uh, Beef. And I'll tell you what, exciting. It is uh, the Gen 3 
the first Gen 3, so we're going to have the Mustang up against the Camaro with, that, with no Holden in, uh, for, for this year for the first time ever. Yeah, well, tell you what, there's a bit of mirth that would be a little bit heartbroken from all of that, I'd imagine, Ricardo. Yeah, yeah, I think he will be, but I tell you what, if you if you if you just park the Camaro in Murph's driveway, I think he might be all right with it. He'll get over it. Oh, and I tell you what, you're enjoying the uh, broadcast from the uh, Phoenix, aren't you? You've got your hands on a Peroni. I dare yeah, say mate. the pizza's not too far away either. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's easy to drink and, and do this, but it's harder to eat pizza and do this. So, um, but yeah, Commercial Bay uh, at the Spark Store. That's uh, where I am based. Uh, we've had the Wellington Phoenix. Actually, they've uh, for the most part headed off uh, because uh, I don't know they must have another engagement on. But uh, we will have uh, David Dome, the GM, on a little bit later on. But uh, there is a big weekend of NRL beef. Uh, your Panthers played last night. Managed to get up over South, but South came hard late, didn't they? Absolutely, it was a uh, much hyped game that one, but uh, the Panthers showing that there might be just a little bit of life left in this uh, three-peat tilt. But, uh, they got the job done against obviously one of the highly fancy teams, the Rabbits, but uh, as you said, massive round ahead and uh, our next guest is going to be right in the mix of it tonight, I believe. Yeah, Mark Carroll joins us out of Australia. He's got the call for the Eel Sharks tonight. How are you doing, Spud? Yeah, I think it's afternoon here, evening over there, guys. Um, tonight I'm heading out to the Bank West now. Uh, if any of you guys have never been to Bank West here, yeah, Sydney, make sure you go and watch at this. It uh, doesn't matter what sport, Bank West is one of the best stadiums ever, but the game we've got is a beauty. Um, we've got two sides, which, you know, they, they, they didn't win last week. So after this game, we're going to have one, one team which has been favoured for the four with uh, no points. And how, how does, uh, obviously, the Sharks, mate, Nico Hines, uh, his injury, obviously hearing reports about how bad it could be. Uh, how big a blow is that for the Sharks, and how much does that dent them, I guess, going into tonight against the Eels team, as you say, both going into this one desperate? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's a massive um, miss. You know, he's a big piece of their jigsaw. Um, you know, he, they've got forwards that can lay great platforms, but you need some sort of crafty out outside backs and he's one of the best in the game he got Dally in last year so he must go okay so well, I'm, I'm really uh, looking forward to seeing Mitchell Moses over here in the papers he's still working out what he wants to do now see I'd call his bluff Donald Paramount so mate if you don't sign with him one week we're pulling the uh, contract he's been offered 1.4 million dollars I cannot believe that sort of money I know it's a lot different since I played but for 1.4 million, I want you to be winning games for me week in, week out. And I don't see that in uh, Mitchell Moses for Parramatta. How does that, how does that deal sort of, uh, obviously saying how big it is, Dylan Brown's there on what we've been led to believe is almost, not quite lifetime, but it's, uh, it's a big deal itself. How do they both yep. fit with Mitchell Moses getting off of that money? Or does, does that mean there's complications <laughs> later down the track if uh, both of them are there? Mate, I've got no idea how it works, man. I'll tell you, there's what they call a salary cap. Uh, they always have jokes about the other you know, the, um, you know, the amount of stock they've got down there back in their uh, in their wardrobe there. But um, yeah, with Paramount, it's a big chunk of your um, of your uh, of your numbers at the end. But like I said, he's for me, I don't think he's worth that much money. I know he's a good good player, but week in week out, remember the old Jonathan Persons and the. Uh, yeah, you know, Gary, you know, the lock is in the wall. Mate, they did that. Yeah, you know, the Cameron Smiths did that week in, week out. They'd win games. But um, he's like one every three weeks. He had his opportunity last week to nail a field goal. Very likes the basil got knocked down by uh, 
Big Nelson, who's got arms about eight foot long, but he should have nailed that drop kick. But when you when you look at tonight's game, as you say, obviously Parramatta are probably a lot closer to full strength than the uh, Sharkies. The, the Parramatta for you, obviously, still a great looking forward pack, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, they certainly have. Uh, I think uh, the addition of Bryce Cartwright, he's got the ball playing sort of uh, motion about it, but he's got to go forward first. Uh, they're missing uh, Lane, the big bloke. He cracked his jaw in the uh, first, I think, the trial game. So he'll be back soon. But they've, they've got enough artillery there to really dent the way the Cronulla Sharks go. Um, I think Coach at the uh, Cronulla Soft, he actually filthy last last week because Cronulla last year had a, an amazing um, defensive setup that you know, they hardly got scored against. But I think they got over 20 points done. So... I'm sure we'll see a better defensive unit by the Sharks, but they haven't. They're going to be missing, as you said, Nico Hines for guards' attacking ability. So um, that's why I'm going for Parramatta. Yeah, I mean, Parra, um, Spud, last week, uh, they started things. You mentioned no Sean Lane. Also, Ryan Madison. I'm, I'm keen to get your take on the Ryan Madison situation, right? Because at yeah. the end of last season, he could have either copped a three-game ban or paid a $4,000 fine. Yeah. And he decided to cop a three-game ban. If I'm the club, I'm not happy about that. Hey, what about being a player, mate? I'll be dead set. Yeah, I'll be up him straight away. He's what a tight ass. Like seriously, what's 4K when you're on 600? It doesn't matter. Like it's, mate. You're there for your team. You don't worry about your back pocket. You you made a mistake. Pay the fine and move on. But you know, it's just say Parramatta none for none from four after four. Mate, he's yeah. got a big. He's got a big part of that because these causes, yeah, they're, they're deficient in one player. Now, uh, the other Friday night game, Spud, Broncos, Cowboys, there, there was a time where you could just put your watch to it that these two would play golden point games. Are the Broncos back enough to test the Cowboys to that sort of level again? Well, we've got four. Now, it's hard to say, but we had four Queensland teams win last week. It's quite incredible. Uh, Dolphins, unbelievable, but. Yeah, you've got to think about North Queensland. We don't hear much about them because they're up so high in the top of Australia, but they certainly have a great side. They've got a great coach, and they love his ways of coaching. So you can see they've, uh, they've got some um, amazing big blokes up front, but they've also got some uh, exciting outside backs. Compared to the Broncos, I'll tell you what, they were a standout against Penrith. Um, they didn't get bullied. They took them on the middle. Um, I love some of their forwards. They, they run so hard, but defensively, they were one of the best. Um, thing about defence over here in, in, in the NRL, if you get your defence right, your attack comes. Attack can have the best attacking side, but if you don't work them out in the middle, um, you, know, you can't win games in the Broncos. It's going to be a great contest. Um, my tip for that game, another time ground advantage for the Broncos, but I think the Cowboys have just got a little bit more polish. Yeah, it's too, when you look at the two... Teamless. Jeez, a couple of unbelievable packs going at it, isn't it? Yeah, oh, they're all, there's so many muscles in each side. Yeah, the Carrigans, I love that guy. His yeah. hair's ablaze. Um, <laughs> he, he starts up with the old ponytail, but by the end of it, mate, he's <laughs> out everywhere. <laughs> uh, and what about our Warriors, mate? We, we've, we've started to believe over here. Obviously, the Roosters have got a few out this week. Uh, are we dreaming if we're coming to Sydney to, to beat the Roosters? No, I'm on your back too, mate. I've, uh, I've got them in my multi. I reckon they're going to be the biggest upset of the weekend. What I've seen last week, defensively, a lot better. Attackingly, mate, the Warriors on their day can beat anyone in the game. But they've got to do it week in, week out. But I think now, 
with the uh, leadership of the new coach. Um, he's got different values. He's got different... Now, they talk about culture, right? The thing is, at the end of the day, culture is about bloody working hard for your mates. Yeah, and your mates are your teammates. Yeah, and also working for your coach. You know, the best coach I have ever, I ever had was Bob Fulton. And my analogy for a great coach is that he'd say spud run to a brick wall. Well, I'd say, I don't know how big you want the hole. Or as other coaches, you go, mate, you go first. So I think um, he's been a great pickup. He's had the Penrith system. You've got to believe he's, he will learn a heap off uh, the guys who have been there. Uh, and defense, as I said, mate, you get your defense right. They showed some amazing uh, defense on their own line. Unfortunately, they'll have a couple of now, easy drives because from mistakes, you can't afford to make mistakes. And if they're good sides, they put you away. So um, I reckon the, um, yeah, the Warriors against the Roosters, the Roosters are missing the big men up front. Uh, the Kiwi, uh, Big Hargrave, is also missing Lodge. She's 120 kilo. Um, I, I know, um, I think Manu's back out the backs, but, mate, this is their opportunity, the Warriors, to uh, dance on this game. I just just heard as well that uh, Victor Radley's out now as well, mate. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I've actually heard that. The thing is, it's big over here that regards to concussion, and so it should be. It's a, it's a part of our game now that, you know, it wasn't around when I played, mate, and also between, uh, you know, the years before me, uh, they were my heroes. You know, there was a, a badge of honour not to come off, but these guys, they're blowing off about not you know, getting taken off, and there's some of the other... People have been commentating about that, but at the end of the day, it's players' health. Um, the scary thing about concussions, and I've had many, is that they stay in your body. So it's only a, a slight knock. It's amazing what it can do. Yeah, your brain's only covered by, you know, probably five or six millimetres of, uh, of bone, and then it's floating around. So uh, Victor Rally is going to be a big loss. And the only thing, that, what all they can do, and I hope them. Uh, the Warriors that look at this, oh, we're missing Victor Rattley and they're missing that. It's all about complacency. If you have one guy thinking that, it'll, go, it'll spread like a big fire. So they're just going to go there thinking, mate, we're gonna, whoever's up in front of us, we've got to beat. Hey, uh, Spud, just uh, that reminded me of something actually. Uh, we heard from Blake Ferguson this week uh, that he wants compensation from the NRL for his broken nose, mate. I mean, uh, you'd be a rich well, man mate, if that was the case. Bloody <laughs> hell, I'm not near knee. <laughs> Mate, oh, I can't believe that is dead set crap. Like, seriously, hard enough. Um, I, I cannot believe that. I actually read in the paper and uh, I then uh, screwed up through it in the bin. What a joke. Um, the money he went went on, yeah, they've got a fund now that I wish we were playing now, is that when you uh, retire, they say they cover any injuries or they'll play the, pay the gap to get your injuries fixed up. Um, Mate, I spent... 15000 on getting my ankle fused. Um, and then I now need a new knee. But I can't go to the league and say, mate, can you, uh, can you uh, pay for it? He went over to the rugby union. He went over to England. Um, he missed his chance. And now he's going back to Ron Paul. Unbelievable. Yeah, it seems absolutely ridiculous. Spud, before we let you go, the big story about last week, Dolphins Raiders. Who wins that one? You there, big man? Yeah, sorry, Spud. Dolphins Hello. Raiders, mate. Dolphins. Uh, I'm actually on the Dolphins again. You should see my multi. My multi <laughs> is paying a heap, right? It's growing. I can so, see it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, I tell you, it's, uh, it's, um, you'll make some money if you put a dollar on it, but oh, mate, I've actually gone with the, um, the Dolphins again. Uh, I just think what they showed last week, it just shows the masterclass of a guy like 
you know, Bennett. Um, you can see why, as I said, like the Bob Fultons, mate, they'll run through brick walls from um, Kafusi. How good was he? He just, <laughs> yeah. he just smelled the blokes. Um, yeah, and you got the, uh, the Bromwich Bowlers up front. Yep. Well, what they've done, they've brought structure, but they've also brought attitude from Melbourne. Um, and I heard him talk the MILF. Uh, you know, he's got to earn his spot. You're not, you're not giving it, you've got to earn it. So I love that sort of chat. Uh, brilliant. Well, Spud, mate, enjoy the Eels and Sharks tonight. Thanks so much for your tips. And I'll tell you what, if your Moldy comes in, we're all laughing over here too. She's paying plenty. <laughs> and the Warriors. <laughs> Cheers, bud. <laughs> yeah, he's a top man. He's a top man. Uh, Mark Carroll, he's got the call on SEN tonight for the Eels and the Sharks. Uh, this is the run home on SENZ. Ricardo and Beef with you at 6.17. When we come back, the boss man from the Wellington Phoenix, David Dome, joins us. The, the, the crowd's always good. Uh, the, the players love coming up here. We do little activations like we've done here at Spark this afternoon. Um, interact with the fans up here. No, it's, it's really good. You know, a lot of our commercial partners up here, so it makes a lot of sense. But it's good, you know, it's good to get take the, get the team on the road. We're not we're not the New Zealand Phoenix by name, but we're the New Zealand Phoenix by spirit. So we like to go around the country. Yeah, well, I mean, on that, I have seen I have seen a little bit of chatter about expansion in the A League, and they've talked about Wollongong, and I know they've talked about Canberra. There has been a few whispers about Auckland as well. Do you reckon New Zealand could could do a second team? I think uh, probably player-wise, we probably can now. There's some really good players coming through, and, and, the, and the talent is deepening. We, we have our academy down in Wellington that's just tuning them out, to be fair. So, you know, you have to set up your youth development plan structures first to get it right. I mean, we're not against an Auckland team, and, and as long as somebody fronts up with the readies, then, you know, all power to them. If they can come up with the, the amount to, to, to buy into the league and be part of the, and the structures, then, yeah, go for it. Uh, takes a lot of work, a lot, a lot of work, a lot of hard work, and to be fair, a lot of money. Our owners are stuck. Know, sunk millions into this thing, and uh, you need someone to do the same thing up here. Yeah, I mean, you've been how long have you been GM at the, the Phoenix now? Somebody asked me before, and I had to go, Oh, great question. I'm going to say 10 years, but I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm I might be even a bit light on that. Nah, it's pretty, yeah, it's, it's a long time, Ricardo. It's, it's t- 2000. Uh, remember when Terry, well, I was in marketing role when, when Terry Serapisas went under, and then uh, Wellnux came in, and just after that, so that was. 2011 and then 2012 so yeah 11 years 11 years so I wasn't wasn't too far off how how much has it changed since the Wellnicks took over to now I mean what's the, what's the difference oh a huge amount of uh, of investments gone into the club if you look at you know our academy structure we've got five boys teams and now three women's teams and when Wellnicks took over there was nothing there was no there was no academy no youth development and the investment that's gone into uh, the structures and even in staff, you know, the number of staff that we have now and everything that goes around the club. We've, we've, we employ two psychs now, so two you know, um, sports psychologists who work full-time in and around the club at both the academy and the full-time professional level. And it's a completely different beast to how it was back in 2012. You were based I was going to say, you, oh, sorry, 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 Beef, off you go. Sorry, sorry, Carl, I was, going, I was going to ask you, when you talk about the academies and everything they're doing around that, all New Zealand based and, and New Zealand sort oh, yeah. of born bred, that, that aspect yeah, of it? Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's any foreign players. There might be one or two foreign players in there who, who live in New Zealand now and, and you know, come to, have been at school in New Zealand and, and yep. the academy, but nah, like 90. Eight percent of them would be New Zealand kids, and all very young, promising kids. I, you know, I was just talking to a few of the Junos here before, and you know the women's space, especially. I went down and watched the the reserves women's team play, and the quality of those young players coming through. Technically, I'm I'm got they're exciting. Mm. I said, have, just remember a couple of names because they're coming through and they're going to be top quality players. 
the new space that you've got um, in the hut that you, you, you're working at, I mean, it sounds like it's it's next level. Um, and, and you're working alongside other sports there as well. I know the Canes uh, train out of there. I mean, obviously, from a sports science point of view, there are things you can share. But what from what about from a business model, from a marketing model, from operating as a professional sporting uh, environment? Can you... Can you learn and share ideas with the Canes and, and, and those type of teams? Yeah, we, we actually work quite closely with, with both the Canes and Wellington Rugby. Um, yeah, we, we have, we've had meetings with them before and we've shared ideas. In fact, the, um, the old CEO of Wellington Rugby, before, before he left at the end of last year, was telling how they did some international teams. They brought some international teams through um, a Sri Lankan rugby team and what they did with them. And it was a really great uh, concept about how we can do that with football teams as well. Um, but yeah, no, I'm on the same floor as Shannon Paku and and uh, Evan Lee, and we bump into each other all the time. And he's got a, those guys have got really good teams around them, and all they all share ideas with our guys now. And the S and C guys living uh, like live next door to each other, and they work next door to each other, and the physios work next door to each other. It's really it's really exciting. I was going to say, I think I've had too many nights out of Shannon Paku to I'm take sure him seriously have, when yeah. it came to administration yeah. of uh, sport. Jeepers. He, he did a good job. He was, he was up at the uh, Manawatu and now, yes, and now he's, yeah, he's come down. He did a good job at Manawatu and now he's come down. Yeah. He's sorting out Wellington Rugby. But he's he's another guy. He's a really nice guy, a terrific guy yep. to work with. And uh, no, no, it's awesome. I mean, I don't know if you had a chance to talk to Clayton Lewis when he was here, but he's in the recovery mode with, with TJ Pitanara and they were in the, bar, in the baths together and they were hanging out and exchanging ideas about how to recuperate. It's exactly what we wanted when we were looking at moving in. It's like, how can we share ideas with each other? How can we learn from each other and have all the players? I mean, Lily Alford's still here, and uh, the, the women work out next to the, the, the Hurricanes women team, um, and the men work out next to each other. It's really cool. When you go into that big, there's a massive gymnasium we've got there, um, and you go in and you see all the players hanging out and talking to each other and working out. It's cool. Yeah, now I was talking to Lily earlier. We had her on, actually, and I realised that the, the rest of the uh, A-League women's team have already flown out to Sydney, so she's here on a Todd. Uh, she's going to go to the game on Sunday, and I, I said, has, has Domi sorted your tickets to the corporate box? Um, and she said, no, she's just got tickets in the stand. So I said, I'd have a word. Can you make that happen, that's Domi? A, that's a disgrace. That's a, that's a, how, how's that happened? I don't know. That slipped through the crack. Well, I think, to be fair, Lily probably has an access all areas pass, right. given that she's, you know, we do that on game day. She could go anywhere she wants to. Right. But, yeah, no, she'll have to be in the box with us. Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. No right. good. You can tick that box. You say oh, you've done that. Yeah. You, I'll just say that Ricardo said you're coming to the lounge. <laughs> Ricardo's paying the bill for it. Oh, as well. Am I going to get the invoice <laughs> as well, uh, Beef? It's not cheap up there, Ricardo. It's no. just quality. <laughs> Can imagine it's not. Would you, would to, as obviously talking about the uh, the women Phoenix and that, I guess is there plans in place from a Phoenix level, or is it sort of not your guys' area with the, what we expect to be the flow on from this massive World Cup yeah. that's about to hit our shores? Are you set to take advantage of that, or is that is that more well, yeah. sort of the development stage? Or we we're definitely keen. We're um, New Zealand football has a uh, World Cup legacy manager um, who we're talking to. Like, how can we leverage off this as well? We're certainly involved in the Women's World Cup. FIFA have already approached us. How can they help? You know, market the games and, and get the um, public promotion excited. And of course, we're doing everything we can. We certainly want the World Cup to be a massive success. It would be good for us. Um, but yeah, the legacy thing is is important, right? Because we see the essentially the Wellington Phoenix women's team is a legacy mm. of this World Cup because it's come about in part because the Women's World Cup is coming through and we want to leverage that as much as we can. And so the next step is, I mean, we're going to carry on with the women's team and continue with our investment into the women's team anyway, but like, how can we really leverage off it and you know, bring the next level of players through? And that was our commitment. Our, like I say, our, our academy's now got three women's teams, girls' teams in it, and 
just really exciting, those players coming through. And you've got a place now in the Women's National League too. Oh, yes, that was an, correct. That was announced today or yesterday. Yeah, yeah no, we've uh, worked with New Zealand football and that's really, really exciting is that those, those are very young players and that will, that those are, you know, 16, 17-year-old players and playing in the National League, that will really, you know, supercharge their development into the football ferns. And uh, no, I can't wait to see how these players go in that competition because I think people will really... You know, they'll sit up and take notice that oh, okay, there's some really good quality coming through. Yeah, good stuff, David. Hey, listen, mate, thanks very much for giving us some time. Hanging around after the team and everybody else have left. Uh, I think you're giving, giving Lily a lift, I think, by the looks of it, because she's still here as well. Uh, but have a, have a great time at Eden Park on Sunday, mate. Best of luck. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we're playing finals football in Wellington at the end of the season, eh? That's right. If we come third or fourth, home qualifying final and then go through that and you've got a two-legged semi-final that would be two games in Wellington that would be outstanding and and a just reward for the team and the club for everything that's been through the last couple of years uh, we, like, we just missed out on the finals over the COVID, couple of those COVID um, years so no no we're very excited I think if he's got the team in a really exciting place and you just kick on, hopefully win on Sunday, and we'll, we'll, we'll kick on from there. Yeah, good stuff, mate. Good luck. I hope it goes well. Uh, this is SENZ, uh, the run home with Ricardo and Beeve, the latest in news and sport from Johnny Mack. Then we'll catch up with Robert Van Royen from stuff.co.nz and find out what's been happening at Hagley Oval. This is SENZ, the run home with Ricardo and Beeve, 27 away from 7 o'clock. Beeve and Brett from Huntley has come through with the latest update. I see he's got a pitch report from FMG. Yeah, fantastic from you, Brett. I know you'll be listening as you're probably tucking into your first hot dog of the evening, finding your season ticket seats for this year. I don't know if you've kept the same as last year, but uh, Brett can confirm. Uh, gents, the covers are well and truly off FMG. Usual wind is there, Beef. Uh, pitch showing signs of, uh, of wear from a curtain raiser. All go for a great game. Thank you, Brett. Yeah, just sweeping over the, the green zone end. Uh, if it's the usual win there, Ricardo. So that'll be an interesting, interesting evening. Uh, a few more texts come in too. Uh, Hamish reckons get on the Dolphins, beat the, beat the Raiders. Uh, and uh, also been given a few, a few football tips, which I'm sure we'll, we'll whip into. And there's also one from Simon here. Nice tip for Beaver's Best. Alexandra Park race eight, horse seven. Forever me at 280. For the win. Cheers, Simon. Thank you, Simon. I'll put that into due consideration. We've got a few tips. If you listened uh, Miss Grigo kind of earlier on, there's, uh, there's a couple of buttes there too. So uh, watch this go. Yeah, plenty of, plenty of tips coming through. Well, we might even be able to get a tip uh, for day three of the cricket from Robert Van Royen from stuff.co.nz. He's been there all day covering at a Hagley Oval. Uh, uh, g'day, Robert. How's things, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Uh, it hasn't gone to... Hasn't gone to script, has it? Uh, 162 for five. Uh, the Black Caps and uh, a couple of players uh, disappointing with the bat. Captain Kane out for one. Henry Nichols, who must be looking over his shoulder, out for two. Tom Blundell gone for seven as well, mate. What's what's the feeling at Hagley? Yeah, well, you know, still 193 runs uh, behind, and, and that's after you've, you've won the toss yesterday morning and, and just perfect bowling conditions, overcast. Um, humid and, and you know the hope the Sri Lanka have gone on to score three five five. But yeah, so one six two for five was the score at stumps. You mentioned Nichols. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's the pressure's on him big time, isn't it? Um, I think you know he's he's scored in his last um, in his last few run, run, runs for the Black Cats. But he's, I think it's last February. Is what I'm trying to say last February was the last time we had a significant innings. That was a century here here at Agley. Uh Since then. 
uh, he's really battling. I think 230 runs at 16.4 uh, in 14 innings. So, look, the pressure's on him. And, and do they? He'll get another chance in this test, um, given the predicament the, the Black Caps are in. Um, look, if he fouls again there, the, you know, the question has to be asked to Gary Stead, will he stick with him for the base and reserve test? Or does he go to someone like a Glenn Phillips? Um, obviously scored a good ton for Otago against Canterbury in the Plunkett Shield yesterday as well. So, yeah, yeah, um, Black Caps definitely in a bit of strife. Talking about a bit of strife there, Robert, obviously we were told that today was going to be a good day for batting. Uh, the dismissals today, pitch-related or just uh, good bowling and uh, maybe not so good at batting? Uh, I want to give plenty of credit to the Sri Lankans. Eh? I mean, they, they really showed New Zealand, the New Zealand attack had a bowl. I'm not, I'm not talking about Tim Dowdy. I mean, he was outstanding again. Took a, his 15th five-wicket bag at 5 for 64. Um, him and Matt Henry, I mean, they combined for 9 for 144. Um, they were great, but look, it's when, you, it's when you look at Blair Tickner and Neil Wagner where things went wrong for New Zealand after winning that toss. I mean, they bowled 30 overs between them, none for 171. Not good enough, just too loose, short, wide. Um, they, they never put sustained pressure on, and it, it got to a point where Saudi really couldn't turn to them. He was sort of, him and Henry had to shoulder, shoulder a very heavy load. They bowled a lot of overs between them. Um, and that's really the difference between the teams at the moment. You look at today, the Sri Lankans, Fernando and Kamada, they both superbly. Um, New Zealand's only going at 2.5 odd and over. Really, it's been hard, hard going, and it's still, it's a, there's plenty in it for the bowler still. I mean, I'm not saying it's a minefield, definitely not a minefield, but there's still swing, there's a bit of movement if you get it in the right areas. But that's what Tickner and uh, Wagner didn't do. They didn't consistently put it in the right areas. But Fernando and Kamada, they did all day. Um, they really nagged away, and Williamson didn't look comfortable when he faced it. 11-odd balls, but he, he didn't look comfortable with really any of them, and then he hit one straight to short cover. Um, yeah, and, and Latham looked really good for his 67, but uh, Fernando um, bowled him with a cracking Yorker, so yeah, definitely uh, the bowlers as well, where this is, where this is uh, the difference between the two sides. Uh, Robert, what about um, the, the the selection then? Because I was quite surprised that we saw uh, selection for this test being exactly the same as what we'd seen for the English uh, series, the same 13, uh, given that Hagley, particularly when there's a little bit of cloud about, which they must have known is going to be there, it's a green top. Uh, you want somebody in there that can swing the ball um, and, you know, sure it's fine to have somebody who can do the work like a Wags or a, or, or a Tickner, but uh, Jacob Duffy not at least being in the squad, that surprise you? Yeah, I mean, when you were just asking that question, the first name that popped to my head before you said Duffy was Jacob Duffy. Uh, we're definitely not spoiled for choice. Uh, there's not, you know, a stack of guys at first class cricket putting their hand up and saying, pick me, you know, with, with bulk on. I mean, gee, that must be bulk and James coming up. I mean, it's a sort of a difficult record for those guys. Um, we probably need to move on from Bolt. I don't think he'll play test cricket for New Zealand again. Uh, Jameson, well, God knows, he could be a year or so away. So, um, when the Black Caps start after this test series, they don't play test cricket again until November in Bangladesh. So, um, yeah, oh, it's interesting. I mean, you, you Duffy, I think he definitely, he's, more, he's a swing bowler. So, the conditions yesterday probably would have suited him better than someone like a Tickner. I mean, Tickner, Tickner's your, your, your bowler, but more like Wagner, who does come in and try and hit the surface hard. He doesn't swing it, hits the surface hard and tries to almost bounce guys out or get them short of a length. But, yeah, too erratic. Didn't work. Um, yeah, selection, it's, it's going to be an interesting one heading to Wellington after this. Um, in terms of Nichols and what do they do at the bowling end, I mean, you know, the Cougar line or Duffy, I guess, is what they're looking at. Um, or do they look at someone like a, a Shipley? 
Yep. Beav, we seem to have lost Beav's audio there, but I, I was going to say another name I'd th- throw at you potentially is uh, is Ben Lister. I mean, we're missing Trent Bold, as you said, uh, and he's probably the, the next left-arm quick in the country, isn't he? Yeah, true in terms of left-arm quicks, yeah. Ben Lister's another another name there. I mean, yeah, I guess that's a bit cap. If they get, I mean, if they get done here, of course there's still something to play for. You, you know, you've got to try and square the series up in Wellington, but... I mean, there's definitely an argument there that it's time to try things. It's a real shame, obviously, Ben Sears is another young up-and-coming bowler who's been in the mix around New Zealand, but, you know, he's, had, he's got his injury problems as well. So, uh, yeah, plenty to think about. Now, obviously, we're talking about if things don't go right here. Uh, I can't work it out at the moment here, Robert. Uh, we're still 193 runs behind. We've only got five wickets left, but the TAB has still got us at favourites to win this. What do they know about the Sri Lankans that we don't? <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, well, they've got the Sri Lankans. It's certainly got a long, uh, a long tail. But yeah, I mean, you're right. 193 runs behind, and, and you have got Mitchell there on 40, Bracewell on nine. Bracewell, yeah, he really. The pressure's actually on him. He's another one. Really good white ball player. Uh, great fielder, um, but still haven't really. He's he's really due to put something together um, with the bat in a test match for the Black Caps. So it's up to those guys. Once you know, once this partnership's done, um, you're into the you're into the bowlers. So, I mean, these guys have got their work cut out. You know, really, unless these next guys, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on um, Bracewell, but Mitchell, you know, he's obviously in pretty, been in pretty good touch for a while now. So the onus is really on these two to try and get New Zealand close. Um, you know, if they can get within 50 or 60 of that 355, it's probably not a bad effort. Um, tomorrow's probably going to be the, the last, you know, the, the best day to bat on. In the test, the weather forecast is good. It should be a pretty sunny day, like 22, 23 degrees. Should be good batting conditions, but this, you know, it was a really grassy wicket. It's still going to be some assistance there, especially in that uh, in that first sort of hour or so tomorrow morning. Can we can we can we decide that we want to follow on if to, if tomorrow's going to be the best day? <laughs> hey Robert, thanks very much for coming on, mate. I really appreciate it. I know it's been a long day for you, and you've got a report to write up. So uh, keep up the good work at stuff.co.nz, mate. Really appreciate your time, and enjoy the rest of the test day. Got on you, cheers, lads. Catch up. Thanks, mate. Uh, Rob, Robert Van Roy, there from stuff.co.nz. Eighteen away from seven. When we come back, it's Beaver's best. Lundstone stability meets the freedom to move and it is that time of your Friday where Beaver's Best is announced. Everybody piles on, the TAB website crashes because everybody follows it in. Uh, Beaver, what have we got? Yeah, and to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, on Monday morning uh, I've mm. got the TAB knocking at my door and saying thanks for bankrupting once a stable institution. Um, <laughs> we've, gone with, we've gone with listener Kerry. Today, okay, he's uh, he tipped us the Magic versus Stars, either team by one to five. Uh, it was a boosted odds we got on it, so we got it at two forty. So that's a very nice little tip. Uh, so we we got on that. It's going to be a wonderful game, uh, my beloved Magic. Um, let's hope back to former glories. Uh, so we're on that, and Kerry will hold the ticket. We then, well, it's a very heavily NRL dominated uh, okay. this week. We're on tonight's game between the Broncos and the North Queensland. And I know I was torn about this golden point carry-on and all the rest of it. But I couldn't bring myself to that. But I have got on what I think is an absolute sitter and a gift. I've found a either team by eight points or less. So we don't care who wins. As long as one of them wins by just under eight. 
or less. And uh, $2.10 for that one, Ricardo. That's not bad, mate. That's not bad. That's building quite nicely already. Yes, yes. And then uh, we go to Saturday. And our beloved Warriors. I can't I can't look past them with a 12.5 points head start at ninety. I mean, there might be a little bit of me that might have a little bit on the side with uh, straight head-to-head. But 12.5 points. They'll get a head start. They're against a Roosters team who are now absolutely gutted up front. Um, hardly recognisable pack there, Ricardo, now. So the $1.90, we'll take that. Yeah, and then, like uh, And then we're going to wrap the weekend out. We get a little bit loose on it again. We go back to the well, the Wayne Bennett well, and we just get straight on the Dolphins at $2.28. $2.20 to win. So like that's a... Uh, that's a $21.83 multi. And when you put your $50 bonus bet on that we have for carry, that's over a grand you'll take home. So, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I feel good about this one. Mate, that, that all, I mean, it, you know what? The thing about that is it's all paying reasonable money, but it all looks reasonably safe. Yeah. That's what I think about it. Yeah. I like I, it. I, pati- I particularly like this um, Broncos North Queensland either team by under eight. If you've got some loose change still floating around tonight, put that on. Yeah, mate, that is that is outstanding. I'll, I'll do that as soon as we get off here. Hey, yeah. um, we I, th- I think we've got our we got our caller of the week uh, there. Um, we do indeed. Yeah, yeah, we do. Is it is it is it Mister Mister Stew from the Waka too? You would be correct. Ah, g'day, Stew. Come on in. Hey, uh, caller of the week. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. How you doing? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. You were uh, uh, our caller of the week, uh, thanks to Makita NZ. Uh, Beave, you chose caller yes. of the week this week. Uh, why, Stu? Uh, because he's from the Waikato. Uh, <laughs> abs- absolute, absolute bias is buggery here. What are you, you going to spend the 250 voucher on? Any tools that come to mind straight away? Any tools? Well, I work at Placemakers, so you, you know about <laughs> that, uh, Beaver. Yeah. Oh, I do. Uh, brilliant. Placemakers. The great yeah. people at Placemakers. Maybe, maybe I should put it in my uh, TAB account. Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe <laughs> get someone to trade in for a TAB account, but uh, it's brilliant, Stu. And uh, what, are you, what are you most looking forward to about your sporting weekend, this one? The Chiefs tonight? I'm just about to, yeah, I've just got the long Matau. I'm going to go inside and sit down and watch that. Yeah. Oh, brilliant, mate. Well, you uh, had a five, uh, five leg multi last week, and you know who let me down, don't you? Not those best of the Blues. Force. Oh, the Blues, no. Oh, <laughs> I got, I got the Brumbies. The Western Force let me down. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I tell you what, mate. Enjoy your weekend in Wangamata, right? Thank you very much. Cheers for that. No All right, Have a good yeah, one, mate. Good stuff, Stu, mate. Uh, thanks to Makita there. Uh, Makita's range of cordless power tools take you from the drop site to the backyard to get it done. And, um, yeah, Stu, uh, yeah, he'll be very happy with that. Of course, uh, that, the one rule, you ha- your one lesson here is if you're going to text, if you're going to text us, uh, then make sure you say you're from the Waikato and then you're definitely in with a chance. Uh, when it comes to Caller of the Week, thanks to Makita NZ. We're just about done. It is seven away from seven. We'll come back, wrap up and get uh, get a get a, a wee tickle from well, B before we go. Hang on, mate. We don't, we don't head break here. No, we don't we? No. We don't we? <laughs> oh, got I, the I, head break. Well, I do, oh, so, so the, that, well, that's all right then. That's we just right. cruise through to 5-2.
So, yeah, we create, so what, what's, thought, your, what's your highlight of the sporting weekend, Ricardo, uh, coming up? I, I think I've, I've got it. I've got it. It's got to be the Phoenix at Eden Park. And, yes. and uh, you know, seeing, seeing them at the Garden of Eden, they traditionally do well. Last year, they played there, beat West Sydney Wanderers, and uh, yeah, it was a fantastic time. And I don't know if you picked this up, but when I talked to Tim Payne and I asked him about Stephen Ugarkovich maybe having some PTSD, he was in that Western Sydney Wanderers team last year and missed a penalty against the Phoenix that got the Phoenix home. So we'll have to see. He's wearing the different shirt this, this time around, old Stephen Ugarkovich. And what about you, Beav? It'll be tonight at FEMG. I'm picking. It is, but geez, I'm fascinated by tomorrow night. Blues Canes really fascinates me. And of course, can the Warriors give Webster the dream start, the first coach ever to win two on the trot?